Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Let me just open up this show right now by telling the entire world I feel like absolute shit. I'm under the weather. The sinuses are full. Everything in my face is tight and furious at me, but I'm going to power through because this is the end of African-American pro history segments. We're going to talk about a new WWE champion. Why, that's a gigantic mistake. Edge has made his selection. We have a what the fuck segment. Haven't had that in a while. And yes, I had an amazing weekend doing a little pro wrestling of myself. So buckle up, guys. Episode 179. Welcome to Orsini's Uncensored Mind, and now your host, AJ Orsini, with Dave. How the hell is everybody out there? These are your boys. He's here. He's your main man. We are the hosts of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. We are the brothers from exactly, specifically the same exact mother. I am AJ Orsini, alongside the main man. Deceive Dave. What's up, Deceive Dave? What's up, Dave? How you doing? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, hi. <clears throat> What's oh, going on? Jesus, my face feels like it was kicked in by an oversized man who didn't mean to do it on purpose. And because of that, it's worse because he threw all his weight into it. He didn't know I was there. So I feel like I'm dealing mm-hmm. with a skull fracture. That's how my sinuses feel right now. You said we'll you see. were feeling a little under the weather yourself, though. Uh, I wouldn't say under the weather. See, you have... It sounds like you have the seasonal thing where it's like, oh, you're like borderline seasonal flu, right? Like the allergies are actually giving yeah. you heavy sinus infection. It could turn into a sinus infection. Like that's what it sounds like to me. Mine's is like that very annoying mucus that just sits at the back of your throat oh, and you God. just keep going, oh, oh, <laughs> and it just doesn't move. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel fine. Like I feel yeah. fine. I got caffeine in me. I've been pounding allergy pills every single day. Oh, yeah. I've been drinking as much water and everything as I can. So I'm not as bad as you, yeah. but I do feel a little bit of a, a congestion. I for took sure. did, I took uh, two Benadryls about 15 minutes. Two? Yeah, about 15 minutes before we went on the air, and I took them like a crackhead. I was like, please. Oh, my God. We got to get this thing done fast because you're going to just hit the snooze button I really said, quick. Please get me to where I need to be, kind sir, because <laughs> I, I didn't even plan on recording this early. That's why I took them. But then you, you texted me. You're like, hey, you ready to go? I'm like, fuck it. Yeah, let, I figure I let the Benny take the wheel. Work, work, <laughs> let the Benny take the wheel. <laughs> work hit a lull, and I was like, "Look, I could definitely make up almost double the amount of money later. So the sooner I can get this done, the better." And that's why I texted you to see yeah. if we could go sooner. Works out pretty well for me as well because uh, yesterday I I had such a plan to be productive yesterday. Uh-huh. I had a whole list of things that I was going to knock out yesterday, including this podcast. Today we're recording. This is Friday uh, noonish right now. So 
Uh, I had a whole plan for yesterday, and that went completely out the window because it was a very specific day yesterday. So my wife surprised me with a few things. So completely off track. But we're on the ball today, folks. Episode 179, inching ever but so closely to that coveted 200th episode. I did the math, by the way. Next week, it's worked out pretty awesome numerically. If you have OCD, you're going to enjoy this. So my roundtables thus far, like the times that we've gone live, Christmas landed on episode 170. So that was pretty cool. Royal Rumble landed on 175, which is pretty cool. This is 179, which means next week will be 180 and we're live again. So we're live on 180, and according to the math, we'll be live for 185 for WrestleMania. So I'm looking like a real genius right now with the way all of this has fucking mapped itself out, and it's really helping with my OCD. So thanks for joining me, guys. Thanks for joining Dave and me and the whole gang here, because I'm going to power through this. The Benny does indeed have the wheel at the moment. My brother has got all of his African-American history all wrapped up and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, he threw a lot of names at me before we went on the air, and I'm super excited. Semi-erect, if you will, Ooh, because I'm ready. Nice. Yeah, no, I'm really into this. Well, when we get to this segment, hopefully we can get you to a, you know, full, a full bone. Full-on chub, if we can get there. <laughs> but before we do, Brother Dave, something struck me in the news this week, and I haven't done this in quite a while. But before your time, I used mm. to have a segment on the show called What the Fuck is Going On Here? I used to have a What the Fuck segment. And mm-hmm. I even had a little jingle. It went a little bit like this. Yeah. Let's start that over. <laughs> it went a little bit like this. Oh, man, that's deep. What in the fuck is he doing? What the fuck is going on in here on this day? Oh, yes. What the fuck indeed is going on? Not just this day, but this week, my God in heaven. Uh, I oh. sent you a link. You did. Of something really st- fucking stupid that I saw. Yes. And it was so stupid. I figured we got to we got to hit on this on the show. Cuz at first, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought this was a joke. I didn't know this was for real. This is a real fucking thing that happened. So I don't know if anybody out there heard the news. It didn't make a whole lot of televised news, but it's all over the papers. It's all over the media. Uh I found it uh the the article that I'm going to use as a base here of discussion is the New York Post. As a matter of fact. And the Post article is here to talk about Coca-Cola. It's in the news. Is the Coca-Cola. Did you hear about this? Did you read about this? I did. The Coca-Cola slammed. That's the name of the article here. Uh, Coca-Cola slammed for diversity training that urged workers to be, and this is a real quote, less white. (laughs) This is amazing. This is amazing that this happened. The The whole professional development, the whole training session was actually named... How to be less white. Mm. Confronting racism course. That's what this was. It was a confronting racism course. Man, I wish we would have had this back in the day. So many lives could have been saved from this. Hold on one second. It, there was a whistleblower. I love how this in quotes. A whistleblower. A snitch. Uh, an internal snitch. whistleblower. Snitch. Put all this information out on social media for everyone to get a part of or take a part of. Uh, the actual training session was ran by a lady by the name of Robin D'Angelo, who is, a, according to her picture, Caucasian. Mm-hmm. And she might be mixed with something, 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 but she looks white to me. I know. Uh, she looked, that's what I saw that picture. I'm like, uh, 
Yeah, she her looks hair like she might tells me something. that she might be slightly mixed with something. Yeah, else. I love the fact that she took the time to ombre her hair. That's pretty cool. Uh, but looks she's nice. A, she's a socialist, apparently. That's a tag you can <laughs> have. And she's the author of a book called White <laughs> Fragility, which I do believe is a real fucking thing, boy. When you have conversations on social media the way that I do, that shit is that shit is toxic. White fragility is a real fucking thing. So you you can be a black guy talking to a black guy. About white shit, and they will just interject. Hold on a god dang second. So, yeah, it's definitely a real fucking thing. Uh, the course was uh, implemented by Coca-Cola as a third-party content provider to give their employees an opportunity. I was going to say to be less white. That's a joke, but it's actually for real. To be less Caucasian-y around the office. And yep. to illustrate clearly... Because my wife also thought this was fake. Well, it's not really. Nope. It's called. I have it right in front of me. To be less white is to. This is one of the slides that was provided during the professional development. Yeah. There's a whole list here. I'd like to go through them real quickly because I think it's important here. To be less white, the first item on the list, be less oppressive. Mm. That's going to be hard for some. That's, I mean, that's generational training. That's going to be hard for some. But for those of you out there who are Caucasian, and mm-hmm. manage to pull this off on a daily basis. You're ahead of the game. You're already, I mean, you already got a passing grade on this course. Uh, be less arrogant. Also going to be difficult for a lot of whites. I'm sorry. It's just, mm. it's an industrial, it's, it's a genetic thing. I don't know what it is. Be less certain. That was hilarious. Be, that less, <laughs> be less certain of yourself. Stop taking things for granted the way that you do. Oh my goodness! That one was dude. Every time when I read this list, I checked everything for one of my buddies that I talk to all the time, and I'm like, "Yeah, he's definitely that. He's definitely this. He's <laughs> definitely this." As according to, I'm, I'm gonna send this to him. I was like, "Hey, dude, this is what I need you to do from yeah, now on. From now on, you're check oppressing yourself. me way you're, too much. You need to check yourself. Go by this list. Uh, be less defensive. Well, you've just knocked out most of the gaming community with this one." Mm. Uh, be less defensive. Anybody who's ever been on a headset on any platform will tell you that's going to be difficult. Also, they raped your mother, and also you're a, a Negro, but the uh, yeah. offensive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the heavy R. The heavy R. Heavy R. Uh, be less ignorant. Again, that's going to cause some trouble. It's generational. You know, if Google told him it's true, it's got to be true, right? This is what it is. I don't know how many times, especially during George Floyd, like when the Black Lives Matter thing really kicked up, I don't know how many times... Online, people was like, well, that's just not factually true. Take a look at this article. This will tell you the truth. And it's from someasshole.com.net.org or whatever the fuck. Like some website no one's ever heard of and will ever quote again. Like the kind of website where Wikipedia goes, God damn, dude, that's fucked up. You can't be saying shit like that. Uh, Be more humble. Well, that's going to be easy. They're they're all humble. All of them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, Listen. That's it. Just that word by itself. Listen. Then the other one, believe. Oh, I think you just like seventy-five percent of Caucasians just logged off. Oh, you, now I gotta. Not only do I have to hear what you're saying, I have to believe the words you're using too. Fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, break with apathy. Oh man, you know how many lives could be saved with this one. And my personal favorite, the last well, one. Hold on, on. hold on, hold on. Wait yeah, right wait, there. Wait at apathy. Wait, What's going wait, on with apathy? Wait, wait right there. Before you read the next one, uh-huh. up until this point, we could be talking about anybody. Yeah. <laughs> it don't have to be any. Co- you could literally just be talking about men or like men specifically or 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 anybody, anybody at all. But this last one. Oh, man. This 
This is where you start to get specific. <laughs> this <laughs> Go is where, ahead. The, where the real shots were fired here. <laughs> Break with white solidarity, baby. <laughs> you, need, <laughs> you can't say white power. You cannot. <laughs> you cannot. Not even in defiance of black I just, power. Nothing. I just imagine. I just imagine like the person reading this slide, the whistleblower oh, yeah. reading this slide and going to be less white is to all oh, this will be interesting. Reads through the whole list and goes, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Reads the last one and goes, oh, hell no. Yeah. It takes a picture of it. <laughs> it blows. I can't stand no more. I've got to tell the world about this bullshit. Listen, I people will, will listen read, white people will and read I this will and... believe, but I will be damned yeah. if I break it. Oh my God! White people are gonna look at this and really feel like they're being attacked. Well, isn't this in itself racism? Uh, oh, that's my favorite. I love yeah. that. That's isn't my favorite this line. In and of you mean to tell me that you feel offended and you feel like you're a victim of racism because our PowerPoint slide well, told you? I'm white, so telling me to not be racist isn't that just being racist? <laughs> Well, I oh, mean, you kind of got me there, I guess. Yeah. Way to turn it around, Troy. Ooh, uh, good job, Brad, turning that one around on me. No, but That's this hilarious. is, a, if you guys haven't had a chance to see it, it's all over the internet. Google it. It's, it's Be Less White from Coca-Cola. This is a real fucking thing, guys. They pulled it eventually because of the bad publicity it got over the internet. But at the same time, man, where can I download this shit from? Can, can I pay... I got PayPal. I, I've got Venmo. I can, I want to get on board. Can I have a hold of this material, please? Well, like anybody who's anybody who has gotten a job in retail or most places for that matter, understand that a lot of these trainings come with live action acting to show oh, you ex like yes. examples of of what they're trying to teach you. I would love oh to God. see the reenactments of all of those. Because you know they're gonna to do be yes yeah. oppressive. Because you know they're gonna do things wrong on purpose just to show you what not to do. So yep. it'll be like office scenes where the black lady is there and some lady will be like, Oh my god, has everyone has anyone ever told you you're pretty for a black girl? And they're like, oh <laughs> yeah, there you go. And they push the big red X. No. See, that's I'll not appropriate. <laughs> I Can I touch your hair? I want to see the listen one. Hey, I think strategically, if we if we set up our business to do this, okay, enough. Show me your tits. <laughs> Don't do this. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't be that guy. Yeah, Obama wasn't bad for a black guy. <laughs> Don't do this in the office. Yeah, this is wrong. Here at Coca Cola, we embrace diversity. <laughs> at least at least they're doing it at the root. White people, stop white peopling. It ruins the office setting. Oh my god, I love it. Dude, it's my favorite thing. You guys got to have to go through this. It goes even more in depth. I don't have time to sit here all day and go through this. Because the lady who did this, D'Angela, she insists she was unaware she was featured in the course. I'm sorry, what? It's your course. How are you shocked that you were a part of this? And then even the rap. The slides included were not created by Dr. D'Angelo. No, the, sli the slides were not created by her, but they're from her works. I bet she showed this to her peers, and then they were like, "You probably shouldn't put that out." And she would goes, "This is this. This is the exact reason why I need to put this out." Yeah, well, they probably in all in her defense, stop white people in yeah. putting this out. In her defense, she probably wrote one thing, and then a bunch of people put those slides together just based on what they thought she was trying to say. 
and they were just oh like here because it's very slim. You know, it's just these one little phrases, and then there's a couple of other slides, but for the most part, it didn't look like an author put it together. So I understand what she's saying. She's like, well, this is taken out of context. Uh, Miss uh, Robin D'Angelo, steer into this because you're going down the right path. Just just don't. <laughs> I understand that you might get canceled on the Twitter machine, but this this isn't completely out of the realm of possibility. I just, just my brain, works. like, I think my brain just works different. Like, I, I'm less intrigued about this and more intrigued of the meeting that's happening where they're conversating about this and multiple people are giving this isn't a one-man show multiple people are giving their ideas and what would work and what like think of how many people came together and put their ideas in this list and the, the the level of collaboration and people actually trying to use critical thinking and coming up with an actual list that would make sense so that they can make changes in the workplace i don't see anything wrong with this obviously well I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. <laughs> the wording of it is weird. Uh, probably not the best way, but I see what they're trying to do, and I guess it's admirable. This just got just got to be a better way. <laughs> There's just got to be a better way to do it. There's got to be a better way. Oh, man. Yeah, so guys, you can Google this. It's easy to check out. Uh, a couple of different sites have put different information on there. It would have taken too long to put it. I just wanted to bring it up as as a hilarious thing. This is just be less white. Signed, Coca-Cola. Ah, I love it. I love it. Absolutely, positively love it. I was busy this weekend, bro. Yeah. I was busy this weekend, this past weekend. I did a bunch of shit. Did uh, you? Yeah. I, what uh, exactly apparently, did you do? I was trying to nail down. I was talking to my wife about it. If this was my first time I, even on fight, I don't recall. If I was on fight, it wasn't live. Uh, but so this was my first live broadcast on fight.tv <laughs> uh, with Global Syndicate Wrestling. I did my whole play-by-play announcing deal again. It's been a while. And, uh, yeah, so that went down. Me and Mike Falvo called the action. We have a new GSW World's champion. His name is Alexander Hammerstone, and he is a absolute fucking monster. Really? Uh, oh yeah, this fucking guy, six foot two, perhaps three, depending on the boots that he's wearing. Two hundred and fifty-five pounds of pure athletic perfection. I tried to not steal the line from Cornette, but I couldn't help. I did like a variation of it on the show, but I was just like, yeah, I use a different method. But you know, if you take all the promoters and bookers in the world, and you go, all right, sit down at one table, and he's like, all right, guys, I want you guys to put put together the perfect wrestler. Size, just everything, and he would come out looking like Alexander Hammerstone. Mm. He—he's he, the whole package, and it's my first time calling one of his matches, not seeing it, uh, just actually calling it in the heat, and it was just dope. Uh, matches one through seven, which is awesome stuff. Uh, I wanted to say on the show just a few things real quick about the company itself, and a little bit about of the controversy that followed. Um. I'm only speaking for myself. This is mm-hmm. this is the or CDs uncensored my podcast. It was just my opinion about it. Uh, but I want to talk a little about a little bit about GSW for just a second because I was asked multiple times, uh, not just from management but from fans and from people who know me, how was this show overall? What's your true opinion about this show? I was asked by management. Was like, what was your thoughts on the show? You called it. You got a chance to see what's going down. How did it go? Uh, I'm going to make a bold claim. I've been doing this for. 
10 years now, a little over 10 years. Greatest company ever. Well, well listen, nobody's perfect, but yeah. I mean, I'm going, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going down that I, line. I, just, because, I was just picking up on your vibe. Yeah, here, uh, first of all, about this. the show, seven matches. They, they already had me semi-chubbed. I was like, really? Okay. Seven matches, not 37. Just off the booking. Just off the booking. We only got seven matches. Got it. Most of them are singles. Eeps, even fucking better. Right. Then they said, uh, well, I asked them before the show. I said, how long is are you guys trying to have this show be? Because we're live on fight. So how long do you have on fight? Oh, we have no more than three hours, but we'd like to get it somewhere between two and two, two and a half. Right. I, that's said, a good... uh, I said, that's a good number. I'm good yeah. with that. How long is your intermission? Is this and is that? The long story short of it is, this is the very first company I've ever called wrestling for that ended that started on time eight o'clock and ended within the time frame they selected they ended up going at two hours and 18 minutes so it sounds like their wrestlers uh stood within their time frames absolutely and that's another thing my wife said the same thing she goes wow looks like everybody's stuck to their times yes that's what happens when you have professionals mm. in the ring who know right. what they're fucking doing and do it Time correctly. Time is money. They don't, they don't need to be out there that way. And my wife goes, well, if that's the case, why didn't you get talent like that for your shows? I couldn't afford that kind of professionalism. <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I can't afford that kind. Of, I, at the time, I could not afford that level of professionalism. That's why I was trying to teach the guys that I could afford. Uh, but they know The but, only people but that can know, get away with saying some yeah, reckless but, shit but like they, that. But they, they don't. I, I was trying for the people I could afford. That's what I do. I try to train them to know these things so they can be better performers. And yet, it's always one ear, one in one ear and out the other. Even one time, we took a step further to increase our accuracy with getting our times in. We gave we bought earpieces for our refs. We we're like, here, listen to the, the put this in your ear. We're gonna give you wiggies and we're gonna let you know when to, when it's time to tell the guys five minutes left, two minutes left, time to go home, blah blah blah. And our referees were like, oh, this is irritating me, and they wouldn't put him in. So we're like, all right, see, this is what I'm talking about, level of professionalism. Those people, by the way, never came back. Right. Um, that's the fastest way to lose your job, folks. Promoter or booker says do this, you do the opposite, that's, you're done. Moving on. So, But uh, GSW had all their shit together. This is the first company I ever worked for where I had questions and they had answers. And if they didn't have an answer, if I asked a guy, if I asked one member of management, what am I supposed to do here? And he didn't know, you know what he did? He said, follow me. And he brought me to a guy who had fucking answers. Right. I was never left out of the loop of anything. Every single moment that they had that they wanted me and Mike to do, they we were informed of. Now, again, no show was perfect, right? If you look at the broadcast, I didn't have headphones on. We didn't have headphones for that. So I didn't know what my cues were. All right? I didn't know when I was supposed to start talking, stop talking, whatever. But I've done this before, and I've done it for a long time. So I kind of have an idea of what it's supposed to sound like. So I did right. what I did. And it ended up working out. They actually started editing. I, I watched the replay. They edited around the things that I was saying. They were gearing it more toward what I was doing as opposed to me gearing it to them, which is, again, perfection. I, I, ideal for you, yes, for sure. Because that you get means, to be free as a bird. Right. But it also means, because people are going to hear that. They're going to go, oh, of course you feel it's fantastic because they geared it toward you. If you gear it toward the announcer, period, you don't have to worry about time cues. You, you're taking his cue and you're moving right. that. Right. That's why it's perfect. It's got nothing to do with me. If I was promoting an event and I can't get my announcer headset so I could talk to him, 
but he's got a natural internal clock as to when he's supposed to do when and what, then that works out great. I could wrap my show around him. Is this so, the first or second time they've worked with you? Like uh, first time live. So the fa- just that speaks volumes yeah. to these and guys never... really just kind of like putting a lot of trust in you. With, yes. And the with same no thing... personal experience with you. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, They're same, ballsy. Same thing with my partner. I had never seen. I have never never met my partner until the day we're supposed to sit down and supposedly have chemistry. That's why I spoke to him the entire time we were there, just trying to get a feel for what he does, what he sounds like, blah, blah, blah. But the guy who hired me in the first place, Jose, which uh, is becoming a, a really good guy, uh, I'm becoming really, really close with him as the weeks move on and move on, he asked me from the very beginning, do you want to be play-by-play or do you want to be commentary? And I told him from the gun, if you make me the play-by-play guy, it'll be better because if I'm in control of the table, this will work. Doesn't matter who it is. You could put a, a, a fucking sock puppet in the other seat. It doesn't matter. And that's what happened here. As long as Mike was able to follow what I'm doing, I'm going to feed him for days. I, if you clock it, he probably said more shit on that broadcast than I did. But that's the way it's kind of supposed to be. Because he was color. He was the color, right. So how, was, how did that how'd that go? It's your first time working with him. First time working with him. They ran extremely well. Uh, my my one note is sometimes he goes a little too long with his point. We're in the middle of action. I got I gotta cut him off on certain occasions, but everything right. he said made sense. Filled in the blanks. It was perfect. It, the right. content was perfect. But so that's fine. That works. comes with chemistry, right? That comes with time. That's why I'm not. I don't really. I didn't really care because. But it, all it in all, your great. experience with him for the first time was like very positive. You would very do positive. it again. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, cool. I also kind of have to. He's the guy they, they hired, so I, I'd rather put my mental into I the mean, idea. Of, you don't yeah. have to do shit. Well, no, I, 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 no, but it was a fun time. <laughs> it was a fun fucking time, and he's a good fucking guy. And, and he, he drove in from Albany to go to South Jersey. I came from Brooklyn, so I, I, I was half the distance. But, yeah, so all in all, this company is – and I, if they're listening to this episode because they just got hooked to the idea that I have a show now, Right. So they've been listening to some of the episodes, kind of backtracking some of the stuff yeah. that I've said. So if you're listening to this one, you guys are fantastic. Keep doing what you're doing, but beware, because now the word is out. Uh, is right word. after that event, my messages were flooded. Yo, could you talk to him and see if I can get in and blah, 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 blah. Uh, no. <laughs> that answer was no across the board. If you message me to, hey, I'm trying to get into GSW, then contact GSW. Uh, I am not. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not the they, talent relations not talent. recruiter. You're not talent scout. Yeah, I'm not talent relations, bro. Like you need to. I didn't contact anybody to get this booking. You, uh, you need. To that contact. doesn't mean, guys, that he can't make a recommendation. However, yeah. well, no, that means you got to show some work, and he's got to find you. He's not yeah. a scout. I, he's not the, going off on the limb for nobody. Right, and the advocating is also a dead issue. For those of you out there who are my friends, he's like, well, is there any way you could? No, not really. Not if I don't know for a fact that you are not trustworthy of the situation. If you're working and he sees it, he will call you. Yeah. But you got to work. Put yourself everywhere. Work, 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 work. And if someone loves you, they'll call you. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can use. I can advocate as far as, hey, take a look at this guy. That's as far as it's going to go. I'm not. Dying on this hill for somebody else's booking. It's just that's not the way that I would expect it done for me. No, and you're I'm not, not that part. You. You're not at that part of your career. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even at that stage with GSW. I just got in the door myself. 
I'm not going to do my very first broadcast and walk in there with my dick out like, all right, so now that I run this motherfucker, let's start getting some of my friends in here. Like, I'm not Hogan, bro. I'm not just going to start grabbing. <laughs> no, because I, I have so many friends that God bless them. They're to great be people. fair, They're Hogan's great. got some pretty high quality friends. Not all of them, dude. Jesus Christ. I mean, the nasty boys, forget it. You gotta take the good with the yeah, bad. Yeah, you gotta take the good with the bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so it's it's a great company, and they're gonna be doing some great things. They've already teased some surprises. Um, GSW right now, I mean, we talked all this shit about AEW. GSW right now has working relationships with MLW, Impact, and New Japan Pro Wrestling right now. So everything is up in the air uh, as far as what's going to happen moving forward. The fight TV stream was a success. We'll see how much further that goes. They've got the high voltage show coming up on YouTube for their, for the other side of their talent, which I'm also on, um, because apparently they love me and I love them. So they're going to keep using me and I'm, I'm going to keep being used by them. So we'll, well see how all this goes. It sounds to me that, and if you guys or if any of you guys from GSW is listening, it sounds to me that you guys are on a tight ship. You yeah. know what you want. You have the right direction. You understand there will be some give and take. But if you keep your foot down and don't, you know, bend for anybody and you keep that consistency, uh, there's no reason why you shouldn't at least be able to maintain some type of wave. Yeah. So need to need to keep the ship tight the way you just said. Just I want to check it out. It's still it's on fight, right? It is on fight. Uh, fight.tv you can type into your browser you can search all you have to do is search GSW uh, and uh, you could uh, check out the show there it's called Inception once you type in GSW it comes right up um, as the Inception link comes right up and uh, yeah you guys can check it out there I'm probably going to throw the link in the description of this episode here as we move forward and um, if you, when you get that link send it to me because uh, I'll probably watch it with my wrestling buddy that I'll be watch everything your wrestling buddy that's it that's all you need all of you out there with your wrestling buddies uh, go out there and listen to watch the great matches and watch me talk about the, listen to me talk about the great matches uh, it's, and it's not that long of a commitment like I said guys 2 hours and 18 minutes is all that it really was and it was high impact a lot of the, a lot of motherfuckers really went off uh, but there was one gentleman on the show. I want to talk about this publicly, and and I'll I'll be as honest and forthright with it as possible without pulling back too much of the curtain. So here's the deal. So uh, there's a gentleman who wrestled on the show who hasn't wrestled in a long time, and he stirred the pot a little bit after the fact, right? The day after, as a matter of fact, and not mm-hmm. with us. This is not involved with GSW. It was something else he did somewhere else that caught a lot of hell. So uh, Austin Aries was in our main event, and Austin Aries has been kind of a lightning bolt, kind of a controversial figure for a while now. Uh, he's an anti-masker. That's just the way that it, he rolls. He He's one of these people. This whole COVID thing is a hoax, and the whole shebang. He's pissed off a lot of people. So when right. GSW booked him in the first place, there was some heat there with some people. How could you support this? La, 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 la. And in the end, I'll be, I, I will be honest. When I first heard because our original matchup was Alexander Hammerstone and Joe Doring. And we explained the deal about Joe Doring and the Canadian border and all that stuff. And Austin Aries was the replacement. When I heard the replacement, oh, yeah, we're bringing in Austin Aries. And my first reaction was, bleh. I was like, all right, <laughs> yes, whatever, right? He's, a, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But every time he opens his mouth, I just get less and less. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever. It's not my right. call. It's not my call. Uh, it's, it's their decision, to, and I just got to roll with it. So that's how I took it in the beginning. The day of... Austin Aries is, you know, got there pretty timely, as a matter of fact. A lot of people got there really timely. This is another part. Uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago on professionalism. 
You know, the last time I was there, a lot of the no names were taking their time getting to the venue. All the high-priced athletes got there on fucking time, folks. There was no delays on anything. So that's the difference between professionalism and non-professionalism, and that's why those guys make the bigger bucks while you guys are still setting up the rings in between your matches. That's the difference. Mm. But Austin Aries was there, and I didn't have a whole lot of interaction with Austin, I'll be honest with you. Um, Did you have a desire to? Yeah, I did, because okay. I wanted to meet him for two reasons. A, I, I am a legitimate fan of his work in the past, and B, right. he's in the main event. I've got to talk right. to him. i got to see what the hell he wants. What's he, what do you want? No, to I meant on a personal level. On a personal business. level, yes. There was a piece of me that was just like, he's still Austin Aries at the end of the day, right? He's okay. contributed so much to the business. I was, I've been a fan for forever, yeah. But because of his stance, I really I didn't spend too much time talking to him. So I met him when he first came in, and he was not wearing a mask when he first came in. Uh, and I just thought that was par for the course, whatever. Throughout right. the course of the event, as he's walking around, folks, he's wearing a mask. He had a mask with him, and he was wearing it. And I, in all fairness, I think he knew that if he didn't, it would be an issue with a lot of people. You're being paid to be here and work for us. Right. These You're not the, representing yourself at this point. Right, and the owner, the, of, the owner of the building is walking around constantly telling people, put your fucking mask on, put your fucking mask on, because he's not trying so, to get shut down. So thus far, him walking into the building, he should have had it on. He, yeah, he coming didn't have in, it. He didn't but have it when he walked I'll in, give him right. the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he's so used to not wearing it on his own time, he forgot. But as long as he had it on during so far, then... There's no, I don't think there's an issue. Right. So he had he had a mask with him, and he had it on. And on the few occasions that I did interact with him, he had the mask on. Obviously, in the ring, he did not. And I didn't really ch- get a chance to see him after the event, because once I was done, I was gone. They're not wrestling with masks on. No, they're not wrestling with masks on. No, that, that, okay. that's, a, that's something that the state or the CDC regulations did include, that it was fine for the performers. Uh, right. Myself and Mike wore masks throughout the whole broadcast. So if you hear a little bit of a muffle, it's because... Oh, that's what I was just muffle. about to ask. Yeah. Oh, wait, they make you guys... But you're technically performing. You shouldn't have to. Right, but I shouldn't have to, but I chose to because my my setup wasn't ringside. We weren't separated from the audience. The audience was right next to me. Right. So I was like, no, I'm good. I'll keep, okay. I'll keep the mask on. And the, my, the, 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 Was the sound quality still okay? No, it's great. It's great. I okay. just watched a replay the other day. Uh, it's fine, but there's a few okay, every cool. now and then you could tell with my pronunciation that there's a little bit of a muffle right. on certain letters or whatever. But for the most part, you can hear it clear as day. We're good to go there. Cool. So not much of an issue uh, on that end there. But I wanted to talk about the Austin Aries thing real quick just to wrap this whole thing up because, yes, he. I wanted to tell the world with us at GSW, he, he had it with him. Okay, and whether I wasn't in the back the whole time, so I don't know how long he was without it until someone told him, "Hey, get your shit together." So I, I don't know for sure. But the next day, he visits a um, wrestling and comic book store by the name of Wrestling Universe. Now, I don't have any heat with Wrestling Universe. I know the guys that run it. Uh, I haven't had a chance myself personally to be there, but I know who runs it, and I know how uh, professional these guys can really be. So I'm not going to sit here and, and take anybody to task for anything. But for Austin Aries to tweet out what he tweeted out about the fact that he refuses to wear the mask at Wrestling Universe and he was telling people who were coming for the autograph to not wear masks themselves. Um, and from what I understand, that's exactly what happened. He didn't wear a mask and there were people who took off their mask when they got in there as well. That is on you, Wrestling Universe, because when he was with us, he had his shit together. 
Right. He did it with you because he felt he can get away with it. Now, Wrestling Universe has released a statement. Not, they do not co-sign this theory and this feeling that Austin Harris has. They're not with it. You know, they're like, no, no, no. It's a very serious thing. But okay, that's fine. Enforce it. Right. I know they're very. I know the people who run this. They're very, very good people. And I just feel like they didn't want the confrontation of it. They didn't want to lose out on an opportunity to have a talent like Austin. I get it. But there's a good thing. I know people say all publicity is good publicity. That's not true. That's not true. Bad publicity can kill a company fast. And for the few people who heard about Wrestling Universe only through Austin Aries, that that puts a very sour taste in their mouth about how you conduct business. Right. So, So here's the statement. It wasn't really an announcement, but it's more of a statement. And I'm not advocating for GSW. I'm not talking on behalf of Mike Falvo. I'm only speaking as A.G. Orsini. This is my opinion and my feeling about it, okay? Because I got taken to task because I don't like anti-maskers. I've been very vocal about that on social media. I think it's bullshit, and I just think it's fucking stupid, to be honest with you. At this point, still believe that this whole thing is just some concoction, some asshole made up in Wuhan or whatever. So I wanted to make this statement clear as day, and then we'll move on to the really cool stuff here on the show. I I am proud, and I am officially uh, the voice of GSW, along with Mike Falvo. We are the voices together calling this action. But I am the play-by-play guy. I am the lead guy at, at, at the table. So I will take responsibility for my involvement with Austin Aries by saying this. It's not my fucking call. It's not my fucking decision to who gets booked and who doesn't. My job is to sit at that table and call the action and tell the stories. And I even admit it during the broadcast. And Dave, when you get a chance to see it, you'll hear it. At the very, very beginning, I tell people he's a controversial figure. He's not liked in a lot of circles because of his beliefs and the way that he does things. I said this on the broadcast. I'm not going to lie to anybody about it. But he is a hell of an athlete. He is one of the greatest in-ring performers this world has ever had, period. That, that could be debated. It's subjective. But to me, he's one of the best we've ever had. And for them to book this match, and the match followed through. This was a fantastic match. If not, num- if not the best match of the night, definitely number two. Because there's another match that took place right before it. That I can make the argument uh, was either better or equal to as great as that match was. But that's how good this card was. And I give GSW credit for taking the chance on an Austin Aries who was very professional with us. And we have no complaints about working with Austin Aries. So my statement is, I it's my job to call the action as it is. But I'll take it a step further. I support the decision that JSW ma- GSW makes, excuse me, to book this match in the first place because they're not looking at the politics. They're not looking at the outside garbage. They're looking at it on a performance standpoint and what's the best opportunity they can give their audience to see professional wrestling, the likes of which they don't get anywhere else. And Austin didn't beat anybody over the head with his beliefs. He went about his business. He was a fucking professional. So if GSW wants to move forward with any other contact or any other work with Austin Aries, I'm here for it. And I know people are going to say, well, that's being very hypocritical because now you're supporting, a non- you're supporting an anti-masker. No, I'm not. I didn't pay him. My job is to call all seven matches. I can't call six matches and then tell my boss, well, I'm not comfortable with this match because I don't believe what he believes. It doesn't matter what I believe. When it's right. work time, it's work time. It doesn't matter what he believes. It doesn't matter what I believe. I believe he's an asshole for thinking the way that he thinks. But that's not my place to say it is not my place to contradict the boss. Austin Aries, on the other hand, 
probably thinks I'm a complete asshole for wearing my fucking mask for two and a half hours calling this show. But it's not his place to say, and it's not his decision to make. So as long as the two of us are in the same room, and we can be professionals, I've got no problem with any of it. And I will, I will tell GSW when I'm far too fucking, far too fucking uncomfortable to call someone's matches. I'll be honest about it, because I'm honest about everything else. But this right. was not the hill to die on. I don't really give a <clears> shit. <throat> no. So that's my statement on that. Yes, I don't like anti-maskers, but I got no problem with Austin Aries because I can't afford to have a problem. It's not my issue. Right. So, so there's that. That's the controversy on that. With us, he was great. Whatever he so did with Wrestling Universe is whatever Wrestling Universe allowed to happen. That's it. Right. <sighs> I'm glad I got that off my chest. So let's nice. let's move on then, shall we, to the WWE for just the a WWE. Big, just for a split second, because Edge, our Royal Rumble winner, has made a selection. Did you see this selection? Did you see what he happened? called his shot? Called his shot with aggression. I love it. <laughs> a spear to the guy I who it. also. Gets I spears. personally would have preferred the other one, mm-hmm. but. But that changed as well. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was laughing. We'll get to, that's not gonna. Stay no, I'm that gonna. Way. I'm, it's not gonna stay that way. Let's combine these two for just a second, because to me they blend together. That's why I had them together on the rundown sheet. Selecting Edge, uh, Edge selecting Roman Reigns. I laughed at the end of the show. I laughed because I went, "Damn it!" He was so meticulous. Edge was so meticulous. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait. I'm going to bide my time. I'm going to make the perfect decision. And he picks Roman Reigns. And he picked a good time, too. Like you said, stuck him. It was great. Had he waited, he waited like how many weeks has it been since the Rumble? Two, three weeks? Had he waited mm-hmm. just two more hours, <laughs> he would have had a much better selection of options on the table than Roman Reigns. I'm just thinking about it on a fight aspect. I'm like, he's going to go to war with Roman but if he'd have waited like two more hours, he would have had. I mean, that's an easy choice, Reigns or The Miz. As WWE I don't champion. know, man. Think about it. Like if you're thinking it, thinking about it the way that you're talking about it right now, I don't know. Maybe he kind of had an idea what was happening over there, and the competition for that is so intense that maybe Roman might have been the easier pick. <laughs> I don't know. You got a lot of you got a lot of big big athletes like coming after the Miz. Tr- Dude, Miz is like this little rat that has the title and you have these monsters just trying to stomp on him to take it. <laughs> and yeah. that's my point with the Miz right now. I fucking love the Miz. I'm huge You've on been the on, the, on the Miz I've bandwagon. I've always been big on the Miz. So I'm happy that this is happening. This is cool. It's a fun way. I'm saying this specifically for it's a fun way to get Miz back in that picture. Yeah. However, stay, yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> we got monsters who could be holding this belt and he just doesn't fit in, right? Like right. he's not a Shawn Michaels. So it's not like it works. Like it makes sense to me, like just putting them all together in a room, like which one doesn't belong. And sadly, and it speaks really high, I speak highly of Miz. So to say that he doesn't belong speaks very highly to the other men in the room who are contesting for this belt. Because yeah. I hold Miz at a, a high level. I respect that guy's journey. I respect everything about the Miz. He's entertaining. He is consistent. This dude is a hard worker. 
I love The Miz, like, for everything. I love someone who's goofy as hell on a TV show, pretending like he's in the WWE, and now he's holding the belt again. And he has so many accolades, like, that shit will, he will always be an awesome wrestler to me because of his story or whatever. But he just doesn't fit. It's just, it's just too many big guys right now. I've never been a fan of his in-ring. But at this point, because somebody made the point online, and I wish I could remember who it was so I can credit them. He won the championship 11 years ago in the same fashion. I, I was talking to my wife as the match happened when he cashed in and he pinned Drew and then Drew kicked out and he showed frustration and he set him up for the, the that front face. Uh, I forgot what the fuck he calls that fucking move. He mm-hmm. drops him on his face. Same fucking drop that he did to Randy Orton, pins him. It was like a mirror image the way they booked that. And I just thought in my head, like, at first I had a real sick feeling in my stomach. I was like, really? This guy? But then I thought about it for, like, a few more seconds, and I realized he won the championship. He worked hard to win that first championship, right? It's that situation we never thought would happen. Then he loses the championship, loses all momentum, loses all steam, gets fucked around by so many different people. Gets told to carry so many different people. And he just pushed and pushed and pushed. And he's here again. So on persistence alone, I'm done doubting this guy. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done doubting him because it just seems like every time I turn around and go, yeah, he's trash. Fuck him. He, he does something else. Picture. Right. He does something else that makes you go fucking hell. He's he. You ever seen the Bronx Tale? Mm-mm. Okay, Bronx Tale, old school, old school New York movie from way back in the day. Mm-hmm. The little kid who becomes friends with the mafia and grows up in the mafia with these guys, and eventually turns out to to not like life so much. But uh, the reason why I bring up the analogy is the first thing I thought to my head that Miz is like that kid, that young no wet snot nosed kid that you met in the beginning. And you really didn't think he'd stick around for that long. You didn't think he'd have the heart for this. And then he just pushed and pushed and pushed. And now he's the Don. Now he's right. on top of the family. And that's what The Miz to me is. He he got – if there's any reason I can love The Miz, because I've never loved him. I always either liked him or just fuck him. If there's anything that I can pull from that says, man, I love this guy, He really, he's the one celebrity turned wrestler right. where he gave a fuck. I'm going to do this until I can't do it anymore. And I honestly, I mean, you say it. celebrity, but I honestly full and like, people if forget. He if he could have avoided that to yeah. get into the WWE, I think he would have. But that's the thing. But I, think I don't he think strategically he did that to put himself. Yeah, I don't think he would have gotten a shot if he didn't Correct. have that. And now, that he again that tells, like, it. for me, it's just a mate, like, this kid does whatever he's got to do to yeah. get to where he needs to be. And he's proven that. In the business. Yeah, he's done everything. I love where he's right now. I love that team together. Those I'm drawing a blank on his Morrison, name. Morrison. John Morrison. Dude, that dude. I've never liked that guy more he's better in now. my life. He is amazing with them is. Those two are so good together. Yeah. I fucking love it when they're both on screen. I'm always laughing when those two are on screen. It, it, <laughs> they just – they're. I don't know, man. Wrestling is, is – I'm having a lot of fun watching it, man. There's a lot of great gimmicks. I said it just the other day. I was like, dude, there's so many good like gimmicks and, and little storylines here and there going on. Nothing crazy, yeah. but it's, and all it's you hear online, All you hear online is how shitty it is now. That's all. That's you funny. Why though? Because it's not going according to their plan. There's Who's no, they? there's no fans anymore. Everyone who watches wrestling is now on the creative team. 
Everyone, everyone. There's no one who just sits there and watches wrestling anymore and just goes, oh, this is good. Oh, this is bad. No, it's, oh, they shouldn't have done that. They should have did it this way. You know what we should do? We like, should oh, do God. after the round table, and in case there, if there's nothing like absolutely nuts going on, can we make like a top 10 list of things that current wrestling fans dislike today and go over it? Because oh I feel God. like I can contest all of it. Oh, my God. I would love to do that. <laughs> can I put that list together and then you kill it? Yes. Because I, I, I think I have a little bit of a stronger pulse as to what these idiots are saying. Absolutely. No, about. no, I wouldn't put that list together because <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't oh – like God. that shit just comes to you. I, I would be hard for me to find oh that. But what I'm saying is I want to find like these people who claim to be big wrestling fans because yeah. I don't know about you. There are a lot of shitty games and things about gaming industry right now that – are kind of dumb or like my favorite genre is damn near dead right but i still find things to love about video games so if you love something so much and it's wrestling specifically that i hear this a lot is there's you never fucking hear anything positive it's almost as if you enjoy bitching so i want to make a fucking top 10 list of what people (laughs) truly Honest to yeah. God, like even if it sounds stupid to you, if it's something that's being said a lot, yeah. put that shit on that list, and I'm gonna yeah. fucking rip it to shreds. Dude. Yes, yes, I'm actually gonna make a post about this. I want, I want more answers. I want to see how many we can get, and then we'll talk about it here on the show because it, w- I think it would be an easy list to get because everyone fucking complains about Absolutely. it. Absolutely, because I've been thinking about that lately. Because every time I'm enjoying something, I'll come on here and be like, "Dude, this is great." You'll be like, "Oh, people hate that." I'm like, "What the fuck?" That's why people get mad at me about this show. Wrestling it, dude. Wrestling is here. so good. There's so much talent. Yeah. The, 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 uh, before you got here, that was the main criticism I used to get about this show, that it felt like I was trying to defend these companies. I am trying to defend them. They're fucking trying. That's yeah. why when the pandemic hit and I flipped, because I felt very strongly they should not have continued. They should have stopped. Everyone else stopped. It didn't right. make sense. And you know what? Hindsight, I was right. Because everyone got fucking sick. On all companies. All the WWE, AEW, any company that was running during the course of the high point of the pandemic. Because now right. we're starting to come down. Right? Now we're right. St- things are opening up again. We're getting back to normal a little bit. But at the pinnacle of this shit, right. there was no fucking reason anybody should have been still running these shows. And they all got sick because of it. But, right. in all fairness... They did run the shows, so they had to keep trying to be creative and do this and do that. And even then, even then, where it's like we're on a skeleton crew, not everybody can get here, flights are fucking locked up, people have to essentially drive to these events, they're working their asses off to try to do something. And yes, my argument at the time was, well, don't try, just shut down. But they didn't listen to me, they did their own thing, so if they're going to try... I got to give them some credit for something for fucking attempting this shit. Right. And no, everyone's still, well, this doesn't make sense, and I wouldn't have done this, and he needs to have a long... People are like, oh, I can't wait for The Miz to have a long reign as WWE champion, when he finally deserves it. Y'all really believe he's going to be the champion for another eight or nine more months? Come on, guys. This is all part of what you've wanted, the storyline. I don't know, man. 
I think that's a great idea. So we'll push by this because we got a bunch of other stuff to talk about. Yeah. But geez, Louise, man, it just triggers me. It triggers me so much because it's like, how are you supposed to, as a new, as either an old wrestling fan or someone getting into it, supposed to enjoy it when every fucking time you see something you like and you go to like get, be a part of the community, all you get is like negative shit. Yeah. So like, why are you watching? Yeah. It's a war so, between casuals. It's three and fucking hours. Why would you invest three hours in something that you do not fucking like? Yeah, it's a it's that's the real Wednesday night war. I've said it on this show before. Dynamite for AEW even started. People were like, yeah, Wednesday night war, NXT versus AEW. It's really not a war. They don't give a fuck. You care. Because right. now what's going to happen is, is the AEW fans are going to shit on WWE fans. WWE fans are going to shit on AEW fans for no reason. They're just going to go back and, oh, you're such a WWE fanboy. Oh, you're such an AEW mark. Both shows sucks and both shows are good. It depends right. on the fucking No, week. that that can't be any more than a fucking truthful statement. I can't tell you how many times I'm watching AEW and I'm like, ugh. And then something cool happens. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And then the next segment is like, ugh. Yeah, and NXT <laughs> is the same thing. I'll watch something on NXT and I'll go, oh, that's fucking fantastic. And then but they'll follow it up and I'm like, ugh, them. what is this? But I can't kill either one of them right now because they're both evolving. In an era right now where some of you could say some of these amazing champions, these talents, right now and i'm talking about the wwe because i have my own reservations about the AEW and what they're doing but i respect that they're trying something new and yeah. they're uh, commit to the bit right commit but, to the bit there it is yep but um but for for wwe they have come a long way they went silence room they they tried something different they're they're in a space where they're trying things and i'll watch it for instance like the noise in the crowd i was saying the other day like i hate the fact that they can manipulate the sound, right? Like sometimes you'll see like, uh, this is awesome chance when it's just like, oh, okay, like you don't, that's what throws me. Like the artificial cheering or booing, mm -hmm. I can get past. It's just background noise to me. But when you try to emphasize some things that are happening, like this is awesome and shit like that, to me like that, I don't like that. Like don't do that. Let the match be what it is. Let me react to it personally while hearing the sound. But then I feel like you're trying to manipulate me with some of the other sounds that are completely unnecessary. So there are some things that I don't like. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like wrestling is the best it's ever been in forever. But I don't even look at that stuff, to be honest with you. I'm watching the talent. I'm watching... Uh, I'm watching the background snippets that they're showing and the little jokes and the... I'm constantly fucking laughing while I'm watching wrestling. So yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. What are the biggest? What I think Cornette says it on his show. Less people are watching, are watching wrestling now than ever before. Right, but that's across the board. P see, he'll say that, and then people will grab that that little line, and they'll go, "Yeah, see, wrestling is um, is more unpopular now than it's ever been. Everything is." Less popular because not everybody has the same capabilities of watching from before. Low yeah, ratings YouTube today didn't mean, exist then. Yeah, low you know ratings today doesn't YouTube mean the show sucks. Away? You heard? Say that again. I said low ratings in today's world. Low ratings doesn't mean the show sucks. Just means right. nobody really caught it. <laughs> just, that's all that it really means. It's not even, like I said, like YouTube didn't exist then. Yeah. You're talking about a significant amount of eyeballs that didn't have any other place to go. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People, a lot of those eyes probably get their wrestling fixed through highlights. 
Yeah. You know how many YouTube channels there are out there that specifically talk about like every raw that just happened? Yeah, YouTube. That's so many YouTubers talk more about one vision than Disney does. That's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> ratings across the board. Like just because the show on TV doesn't get as many ratings doesn't mean that wrestling itself isn't getting more hits than it ever has. Or more or it's or just becoming not, less popular. Right. Or just all of that in general. All it means is that it's just spread. Right? Like yeah, I could never watch different. a Raw in my life. I'll never tune into Raw, but I'll know exactly what's going on. <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever. Well, pretty I digress. Much. Pretty much it. Speaking of that, real quick, we're going to touch on this before we head into the Black History Month stuff that we got here, which is our main event of the evening. Big Show. Excuse me. Excuse Big me. Show. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Excuse me. Paul White. Well, <laughs> yeah, Paul White. It's the Paul White. It's the Paul White. Can't say Big Show, right? Because no. they own Big Show? Yeah, they own Big Show. He's, <laughs> he's just Paul White now. Well, also because he's people were all... Uh, uh, I love people who share articles on Facebook without reading them. I love it because it just it just like they me, see the headline and then they, they just, just see the headline, yeah, and they just kind of run with it and they share it, and and people are confused. So let's cure some satisfaction, some curiosity from people who are hearing this for the first time. Paul White, formerly Big Show, formerly the Giant, right? WCW fame, mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. not be wrestling at AEW, folks. He's not signing okay. on as a fucking wrestler. Can we put She's that business? to bed? No, he, he's going to be... Um, we, you were just talking a second ago about platforms and about how YouTube has changed the game in the sense of entertainment. AEW is adding a show to YouTube that will be exclusive to YouTube. AEW Dark... Uh, uh, what was it? Elevation, I think is the name of the show. Okay. And Paul will be the uh, announcer... I don't know which role he's playing. This is our first time even discussing him in the same name with commentary, but he'll be on the commentary table for that show. He's okay. not performing. He will be coming in and he will be talking, I'm assuming color, because of his background. And that's what his role is here. He also has a backstage role, which has yet to be really kind of defined as to what that role is, but he'll be playing some sort of managerial role with the company as well. If... You're asking me, and no one has, but since it's my show, I'll ask myself. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of usage for Paul White here at AEW. First first of all, and probably the most important, someone hit it right on the head. They don't have a whole lot of big men in AEW. But for the ones they do have, no disrespect, they need help yeah. in a big way. And they're not getting over the way that they should. And here's a guy who can help with that. Yeah, everybody frame needs a different person to pull from to get the way to, to the way to work the ring so that they look yeah. comfortable and their own like uh endurance and stuff like that, just proper training. Yeah. There's a lot of veterans in AEW who are experienced veterans and have been there and have been through all the shit. And I'm sure a guy like Lance Archer or a guy like Brian Cage or I mean real behemoths, if you will. Yeah. Uh real 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 men of the game here. I'm sure they sat down and they listened to all the advice, right? Try this right. or implement that and blah, 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 blah. You cannot be taught how to be a chef unless you talk to fucking chefs, okay? All these guys are fantastic workers, but none of them are seven foot tall, 400 and something pounds, okay? This guy is not going to talk to you about what you he thinks you should do. He is going to be able to analyze what you do 
and tell you correctly on how you should be doing this. His opinion is going to have, no pun intended, more weight than most of the other ones. And I think some of these bigger guys are going to take him more seriously also than some of the other agents that I'm sure. Because that's the one negative thing about AEW here all the time. That veterans do speak up. They're just ignored. Because it's, hey, I got signed doing this, right? So this works for me. Instead of listening to the person who's telling them, yes, you got signed, but you got signed on talent. Here's how you can stay signed and make more money as a professional. But they don't want to take it that far. I think when Big Show enters the room, it's going to be a different vibe. Mm -hmm. When Paul White gets into that room and he goes, because he's... He's not just vocal. He doesn't have a history of just being vocal. He has the history of, here's some advice, and then you don't do it, and when you come through the curtain, he snatches you up by your fucking face and goes, why the fuck didn't you do what I told you to fucking do? Mm-hmm. Okay, He's going to hold people fucking accountable. So that's what if, they need back if there. Th- that's what they fucking right need. Right now, it just seems like a circus. Like yeah. there's, there's a bunch of shit going on. There's no order. No, order. it's chaos. It's chaos. Every, they want the men and women of that roster to be able to express themselves and they want them to be able to be creative on a level that wouldn't that won't stifle them i.e. have an old man like Vince McMahon jumping down their throat about everything which is fine but you cannot the kids can't run the daycare there has to be an adult in the room right and i think the biggest adult you can put in that room is on his way and i think that's going to i think it's going to do nothing but help AEW i know people are going to hear this and they go, oh, wow, you think he's going to go in there and beat the shit out of people? No. I think the fact that he's there will be enough of a deterrent. I don't think he's going to have to beat anybody up to do what he wants. I think he's going to go in there, he's going he's gonna to flash his, uh, his resume on people, throw his dick on the table and say, listen, I made it work, I can make it work for you. I'm seven foot, I'm bigger than you are, I'm heavier than you are, I'm stronger, I'm stronger than you are, and I got over. Right. And, and, and you're not over. So here's how we can get you over. Because quite frankly, the company yeah, needs you to Yeah, people got go. this weird thing nowadays where they don't... Or maybe it's always been that way. I just never noticed it. But I'm noticing as an adult or whatever. It's just like people don't like to be taught stuff because it's a pride thing. It's like if you take lessons from someone, then you can't say that you did it all by yourself. Right. Or like you feel like people think that they made you. I really don't know where this mindset comes from. I, I really don't, no, it's I don't a, know it's, where it's people thing. believe that to get to the top of the mountain yeah. that you do it by yourself. That's never a thing. Anyone that's ever been on the top of anything, there's a lot of hands in that. And there's yeah. a reason why. There's there's a certain level of intelligence and I don't mean like book smarts. I just mean in whatever your profession is, there's a lot of information that you as one single person will never achieve alone. There are experiences you will never have as an individual by yourself. So to have a, 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 a such a large resource of different experiences that can be poured into you in order to be able to develop much faster without having to actually go out and experience those things yourself is just beyond me why people avoid that type of, of, of teaching because they're afraid to, that someone's going to be able to say, I made you or some shit. Like, that's what I feel like it sounds like when people just don't want to take advice. In my experience, it's an ego thing. Well, they'll tell, essentially they'll tell the person, well, you know, that's all great, you know, and I'm sure it worked in 1987, but we're in 2021 now, and, and my style is what, is what gets people over. My favorite comeback I ever heard in my life, I've, I've heard this in a locker room. Not on the internet. 
So I, I, I'm not going to say any names because, again, egos. But there was a guy who had a match. And it was a, your prototypical spot, flip, whatever stuff. And this dude actually asked the veteran that was in the room, hey, what you think? And again, this is, I'm not going to name any names. This was a former WWE superstar, we'll just say, right? Older older gentleman. And he, you know, not bad, you know, gave him the usual fluff. And then he told him what he thought about, you know, some of the spots that he did and da 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 and that's when he hit him with the whole, uh, you know, I, I know, you know, it used to be a different time back then, but, uh, you know, the fans expect this level of action, right? That's what, That was his excuse for going as hard as he went. You know, right. the fans expect this level of blah, blah, blah. And he told him, he said, you're not wrong. This is what they expect. But you know why that's what they expect? Because that's all you've given them. Because that's that's why they expect it. Because that's all you've given them. Mm-hmm. You haven't given them anything else. You haven't shown any other side of yourself. You haven't shown a different level of intensity or something else in the arsenal or the right. ability to s- storytell and slow down. You haven't done it. So that's why they expect that of you. If you switched it up, then they, would, they wouldn't know what to expect from you, and you'd be a mystery to them, and that's more intriguing. Right. But he didn't hear that. He just hears, don't do the flippy shit. Right. And they immediately go into defense mode. So that's that's how we got there. And I'm not saying all the guys from AEW suck and need help, blah, blah, blah. Even if you're fucking good, he can make you better. That's <laughs> the point. That's what FTR has been trying to tell all the young guys at AEW as well. I told the story <laughs> I told the story on the show before about FTR's experiences with NXT. When they used to have, NXT would have a row of celebrity, not celebrity, but like old timers that would come in and work with some of the talent. And he, he told a story about how one day the Rock and Roll Express came in. Shout out to them, by the way. They might get their ass beat by the Zoltan, but that's a whole other bag of shit. But the Rock and Roll Express comes into the performance center, and they're training, and they're doing a bunch of shit. And they went over, and FTR went over and spoke to the Rock and Roll Express for a little bit. They had themselves a nice little conversation, nice little laugh. And then Robert Gibson goes, you know, you guys are the first ones to come in here and even talk to us. And they were like, what are you talking about? So yeah, you're the only one that came over here and spoke to us. Nobody's even talking to us. So when they had a trainer's meeting or whatever it was, like a student meeting or whatever, he, uh, one of the FTR guys, I forgot which one it was, I think it was Cash Wheeler, I can't remember, he ripped into the boys. And he was just like, you mean to tell me that we got one of the highest, highest level of tag team expertise in the room right now, right? The, rock, the freaking Rock and Roll Express, right. who, who drew more money than anybody in this room will ever see, probably. And nobody has any questions for them. There's nothing that you guys want to pick their brains about. There's nothing that they know that will help you in this situation at all whatsoever. And they laid into them because of this, what we're just talking about. They're afraid that if they start asking questions, they're going to be looked upon like they don't know what they're doing. Right. And it scares the shit out of them. Well, I'm not, I'm going to lose my spot. They're going to think I'm dumb or I'm stupid. Not me. I just called the pay-per-view a few days ago. And I and the first thing I did was I took that information and took it to people I trust and said, what did, what did I fuck up? That's right. the only thing that I worry about after a broadcast. Where did I fuck up? And everyone everyone blows you. You know, they're like, oh, you did great. No, it was fine. So I took it to the people that I know will kill it, even if it's great. So I said to Dude, Steve, I think it's, I don't know, man. That might be in our gene. 
it might be in our gene, yeah. dude, because I fucking hate when I ask somebody, what do you think? And they start t immediately telling me the things that they thought was good. Yeah. Like that's, I, I know what was good. I don't give a fuck about good. Yeah, I want it to be what better. What did I do wrong? Yeah. I can't get better if you don't tell me what I did yeah. wrong. That's why I married the Stop person. Stop fluffing me. As soon as my wife hears my stuff, she's the first one. Where here's where you fucked up right there. And I was like, all right, there we go. Well, see, now that's something I got to get used to because <laughs> my girl does that shit too. She'll immediately jump. I don't like that. That sounds like that. The perception of that is this. And I'm like, yo, can you tell me good job? I don't know what it is about. Her. Yeah, but when her, she kills my her, shit, don't want I was like, no, shit. no, yeah. I want you to lie to me. Everyone else can keep it real. You gotta, you gotta yeah. lie to me. Whose team are you on? God damn it! <laughs> I know, right? Same oh, team. Same no, team, but she's bro. the only one. She'll jump right in. She'll kill my shit instantly. And I get salty for whatever reason. I don't know why I'm human. But then once I get over being a bitch and think about what she says, I I get better because of it. So yeah. Yeah, my wife, I got used to it over time. My wife would do it in the heat of the moment. I'd be at the wrestling show when she pulls me over. Hot. Like, hey, She'll just hey. go in on you. Yeah. And she's just like, dude, what are you doing? Stop saying that. Just get in there and do this. I'm like, all right, whatever, dude. Fuck off. So anyway, yeah. Right. So that's what's been going on with that. So I hear we got to talk about some African-American history now. Is that something yes. that's that very, very We're running possible? a little lower on time, but we're going to make it oh, work. We're going to make sure. it work, man. Well, first of all, let, let's make this official. And now, ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself for another edition of Brother Day Presents African-American History in Pro Wrestling. And now, your host, Brother Day. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. So, we have been going, we have, we said we were going to do something a few months ago. February hit, we started it, and here we are today, successfully completing our journey through Black History Month. And I'll tell you what, I've quite enjoyed it. I've <laughs> learned so much from it. Um, it actually gets me really excited to research and see like the different journeys of uh, you know some of these people. And I don't know why, <laughs> but I'm quite surprised how many like like. The African-American wrestlers that you find are, like, all very, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, like, a, a bunch that we haven't heard of or a lot that are under the radar and things like that. But, I don't know, I felt like there was quite a few African-American wrestlers that have just made big impacts in the wrestling business. So, it was very, 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 very fun for me personally. What about you? How, how was your experience thus far up into this conclusion? Oh, I've had a good time with it. It brought me down memory lane, to be I honest bet. with you. Uh, and it also, it see, for you, you're learning all this for the first time. For me, my experience is that I know a lot of these people, but I think the part that I've enjoyed so much about all this is the refresher part because I forget. Right. I take, I take for granted how important they really were. And like, we, like when we had the jazz conversation, I really, up until we started talking about it and I put it together, I didn't realize how influential she really was. So right. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's a good conversation to have. So, yeah, right. this has been a very, a very good time for me as well. And I appreciate you being a part of this and coming up with this. And I, I agree with your assessment that we should do more of it. We should do a lot more of yeah. it because, honestly. Uh, what the fuck is as, March? Want to do as, Irish wrestlers in March? 
<laughs> we'll figure it out. But I really like shining light on people that may or may not get a lot of light shine shine on them. And if they do, it being brief because they're not, you know, at the tippity top, you know, holding the belt, yada yada, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, and there are tons of stories, not even specific to African American history, that you know get you know, get told and then get forgotten. So I'm sure we can come up with something, but uh, I would really like to, even if it's like, an, it doesn't have to be a whole month of something, but even if we can sporadically come up with different like ideas to show some appreciation to all those people, maybe we can do like an Indies thing. Cause that would be fun to learn a little bit more about Indies or a new Japan thing. Just, just to start and like uh, educate, you know what I mean? And well, uh, maybe inspire an, some people too. If we're going to do an indie one, I'm going to start with myself. you know what we'll discuss that so right now we're talking about african-american wrestling and we are at the end of february but of course i shouldn't have to say this it doesn't end in february african-american history is a big part of america and to be honest with you quite the forefront of a lot of things nowadays and it's starting to be explored across all aspects of entertainment or business because uh yeah us african-american folk move the needle on a lot of things so you it's just not just made February. a very good point you just yeah? you just said us i'm i'm curious about something now what if i was to get signed uh-huh right any of the major companies where do I land on Black History Month? You land on every month, man. Whatever comes up, <laughs> dude, you're there. <laughs> you only you only get like a sixteenth of the credit, but yeah, you're there. That's what I'm saying, like, I'm I'm a mixed bag. Do we're I not, we're not sixteen. Yet? We're not mixed with sixteen things. By Listen, the way. if we do have a good mix, but not sixteen. If I get if I get hired by anybody, that's going to have to be part of the contract negotiation. It's like, could I be mentioned in the Black History Month stuff? Because that'd be cool. That's it. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> so what we're gonna do here to lock this one up is we're going to. I'm gonna start off with some honorable mentions. Okay. I'm gonna read down. We're not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna read down the list. Once I get to the end of the list. Feel free to elaborate on anyone specific that you want. I'll give you like a minute or two on that because I don't want to go too deep into that because we do have more than four that I do want to say a little bit more words about the people on the bottom or on this list. Uh, But I did want to throw some honorable mentions, unfortunately, and I'm sure there's many more that I didn't put on here. So if so if if I forgot your favorite... I I greatly apologize, but there are so many good ones. I we could talk about this for like four or five different episodes. Absolutely. So we're gonna start off on the list. We're gonna start. These are the honorable mentions uh, that we just simply don't have enough time to go over. But that doesn't mean they are not important in the least. So we're gonna start off with Mabel. Oh, big and we this. got yeah. Then we got New Jack. Oh boy. We got Kamala. Oh, boy. Awesome Kong, Ooh. Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, Stevie Ray, Butch Reed, Devon Hughes, Devon Ernie Dudley. Ladd. I'm sorry, what? Devon Dudley. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Devon Dudley, my bad, my bad. Uh, Ernie Ladd. Yeah. Bearcat Wright. Bearcat. The- the Street Profits, which is a combination of Dawkins and Ford, mm-hmm. and Coco Beware. Any of those guys you want to uh, take the time this time great, out to elaborate on? The great Coco Beware. 
Yes. So just real quickly, because again, these were the honorable mentions, which again, just to clarify, honorable honorable mentions means we're going to mention them because we don't have time to talk about fucking everybody. But that doesn't mean that we're lowering the value of any of these individuals. Mabel Big Viss, he gets a lot of respect. Uh, Former WWE Tag Team Champion, this this guy uh, was one of the first 500-pounders I ever fucking saw. Big man. That wasn't Yokozuna. And scary like, as hell too. Yeah, King of the Ring didn't have the career everyone thought he would. Kind of a kind of a klutz a little bit, but he passed away, so I'll be nice about it. But no, he was a cool dude for a lot of people. And uh, New Jack, New Jack, you gotta take the good with the bad. <laughs> he's kind of a he's New Jack, right? He's, he's, he's what crazy. Was it, was it what was it, Sam's favorite quote? I don't know pro wrestling. I know beat your ass. You know, that's, that's what it, I know. Man. And he, he, I wouldn't say he opened many doors, but he definitely wrote the book on what not to do in the history of pro wrestling. This, this guy did all the, all the shit. Kamala. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's well respected. No, yeah. Well, respected in the sense of you don't want to fuck with him. Absolutely you know? not. <laughs> or he'll tease you and throw you off a scaffold, too. Uh, <laughs> Kamala just recently passed away. He was a gimmick, but he was a, a pleasant gimmick. You know, he, 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 he was kind of a stereotype character, but at the same time, as Cornette put it, I mean, he couldn't work his way out of a sweater and still managed to have a Hall of Fame career out of it. So you got to give him a lot of respect for that. Kong, I'm glad she's on here because uh, uh, not only do I love her wrestling stuff as a professional, but her role on Glow, yes, I'm glad she was able to find some success outside of the ring. That was cool. I think she got a short change as Karma in the WWE, but at the same time, uh, quite the performer, one of the best big girls of all time. She's the reason why people shit on Nia Jax. Because it's no excuse to be that big and that fucking clumsy all the fucking time. So if she wants to, if Nia wants to blame anybody for the abuse that she takes on a daily basis, that's going to be the person that she needs to look at. Uh, Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander are the current Raw t- t- Tag Team Champions. And I got to mention Benjamin. Benjamin should have been should have had the career that warranted the explanation. He's in the honorable mentions because we're cruising through some of this, but he should have become a world champion. It was that good. He should have been. And if not for, I don't know, what's the word? Politics is overused. I, I, I don't think that was necessarily it. But if not for certain things that took place when they took when they happened, yeah. he probably would have been. The timing for a Shelton Benjamin was really off. And Real quick, was he there before Bobby Lashley? I believe he was. Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. He was and there. I, I, what I see Bobby Lashley, I saw him. Yeah, he, he, uh, Shelton Benjamin. Does was that a, make sense? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Shelton uh, Benjamin uh, was a part of that famous 2002 OVW class with Cena and Lesnar and Orton, and Shelton was a part of that. Right. As a matter of fact, coming out of that group, Shelton was the best wrestler. He, he was the biggest. The guy who had the most potential. Right. And the other guy's got a head for obvious reasons. But it, it was bad timing for him. But I'm glad he's on here. Cedric is the future. Obviously, he's on this list because he's going to do amazing things. And I'm glad he's working with uh, um, a veteran. A veteran like Benjamin who's going to help him with that. Stevie Ray is partners with a guy who you have in the explanation category. And, <laughs> and, and that's one of his claim to fame. That's great. But he was the veteran when Booker T came in. He was the right. he was the guy helping Booker get over, and right. it worked, probably too well. 
I wish. <laughs> I think. I think he probably wishes it would have worked a little bit more in his favor as well. But right. he is very deserving of an opportunity. Fantastic guy, hard worker, uh, and and really, he did in fact open a few a few doors for some of the younger talent. Which Reed we right. talked about uh, during the Ron Simmons part of the of the first week that we did this. He was tag team partners with him with Doom. Same situation. Butch Reed was the veteran trying to get Ron Simmons over, and it worked out way too well in the he other He did direction. his job. Yeah, he, too well. He did too good of a job and got the guys over. But he was he was a natural, no pun intended, was Butch Reed. Devon Dudley, he's in the honorables because his legacy is more tied to Bubba than anything else. So when we do tag team stuff down the line, and we will do some tag team stuff coming up very soon, uh, discussing which tag team's doing what and so forth. Uh, obviously, his name's going to come up a whole lot. Uh, he's one half of arguably one of the greatest tag teams of all time. One of the most successful for sure. Uh, and his sons are currently following in his footsteps. I don't know if you know, he's got twin boys who are a tag team uh, in pro wrestling right now. Uh, the, yeah, the big cat Ernie Ladd definitely needs to be on here, if for no other reason, just to straight gangsterness of his career. Uh, he's he's not only been a top wrestler and a top heel in the business, but was on a lot of uh, management teams as well. Used to be an agent for the WWE, WCW. I mean, you name it. He's he's one of the guys who's brought in so many of the great talent we're talking about during these segments. Was Ernie Ladd? Ernie Ladd was a a, a big time figure back in the day or as Cornette would say when he talked when Ernie Ladd spoke to King Kong Bundy one time you remember King Kong Bundy yeah yeah Ernie Ladd brought in King Kong Bundy for an event down south I think it might have been the Georgia promotion I'm not sure and they brought him in as a big heel and he did something stupid and Ernie Ladd in the locker room told him he said you know Bundy we're bringing you down here to be a monster to get over like a star brother and you done dumbed yourself out of position (laughs) And that's Damn. yeah, Ernie Ernie Ladd. Uh, one time, just a true story. Ernie Ladd got booked for an event, and uh, I don't know if it was the pay or whatever that was. There was some sort of a disagreement, but he always honored his bookings, and he was there. So before the show started, he picked up his gear bag, and he went through the curtain. This is before the show started. He picked up his gear bag, went through the curtain, walked around the ring, waved, gave a few high fives. And after he walked around the ring, he walked right out the door and into his car and fucking left. <laughs> and when they asked him, why the hell did you do that? He said, well, I could have walked out in the beginning, but those those people paid good money to come see Ernie Ladd, and I didn't want them to be false advertised. So they saw Ernie Ladd, and then he went home. <laughs> that was it. The strength gangsterness of Ernie Ladd right there in display. Uh, old school tough guy. Used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs as a football player. Uh, Bearcat Wright, you mentioned Bearcat Wright here, and I got I, I had to Google him real quick just to get brushed up. But uh, this was a performer from the fifties and sixties. Uh, he, he, whenever you speak to an older African American wrestler like a Ron Simmons or here even an Ernie Ladd or something like that, they talk to you about Bearcat. That was their mm-hmm. guy. You know, yeah. he was having great that's what they matches. Came up on. Yeah, that's what they came up on. You know, and then they and they. Uh, uh, they really looked up to him as a performer. He was a great in-ring guy, big man, six foot six, two hundred and sixty-five pounds, full-on Jamaican, born in Jamaica, the Kingston by the beach man. 
he, that was him. He's all the way back old school there. And uh, he deserves so much respect from so many people. Won many championships. He was he actually won the World Negro Heavyweight Championship. That's how far back he goes. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, Street Profits is more of a newer, some of the newer guys. You mentioned earlier Montez Ford, Angelo right. Dawkins, the current uh, tag team, pretty much of the company. They were Raw Tag Team Champions. They're in line for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, which they've also won uh, in the past. They're going to be the future uh, yeah. in the moment because, as we've said on the show, let's be honest, this is a vehicle for Ford. Dawkins is talented and he's getting over, and that's good. That's going to give him an opportunity to do some things on the line. But the audience is waiting for Ford to break out. Yeah, it's going to be we'll it's going to be it's going to be like a Hardy Boys thing, I think. Probably. I think Dawkins is going to do just fine. He's going to do great. He's going to have a a great career, but Actually, you know what's so funny? That's the perfect analogy when you think about it. When right. you really think about it, it's the perfect analogy because in this case, I really believe Dawkins is the better in-ring worker. Just right. as a talent, he's just he he's safer. He and he's just a better. It looks better when he does his shit, right? Which is a lot like Matt, but people pay to see Jeff, and that's right. where Montez comes in. I think all the flash, all the sizzle of Montez is a great compliment to Ernie, Ernie by God to Angelo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean we're all it. It's a vehicle for Montez. We'll see how far this goes, but that's the team coming up. Coco, beware right. is death. Coco Beware, I'm not even going to go through the Rolodex. Folks, if you have a free time, head over to the old YouTube and put in Coco Beware and don't watch any of the matches that he has with stars, like Dusty or Hogan or whatever. No, no, no. Watch the matches he has with the job guys. Oh, he kills them? Those are the videos you want to watch. Oh, no, he absolutely destroys them on purpose. (laughs) He goes out of his way. Uh, There's one guy... In particular, I wish I could remember his name. I have to maybe throughout the course of this, I'll pull it up. But there's one guy in particular that uh, he really didn't like. Yeah. I guess something happened behind the scenes backstage, and when they went out there, it was not a wrestling match. He just proceeded to beat the shit out of him and then hit him with his brain buster and damn near destroy his life. Damn. So, yeah, Coco Beware was for real. I'm actually going to order a – no, I'm not going to say it on the show because I think my friend listens to it every now and again. I don't want to give away. I got a special surprise for a specific friend when it comes to Coco Beware. We'll talk more about that uh, after the fact. All right. Well, those were honorable mentions, and honestly, like, uh, we got a little bit deeper into them, which I don't think is a bad thing. I, I like that you did that. Uh, but we are we are moving forward here, uh, and we're running a little tight. So what we're gonna do is, I'm gonna go over the list. I'm gonna name them, and you're just gonna give me your thoughts, and we're we're just gonna move right through this list. This list here, I, I must say, it is biased. Like I, I really did want to hear a little bit more about these people because obviously I am learning more. Uh, some of them I have. You know, I'm familiar with, obviously, uh, but uh, some of these I really haven't seen much. So your thoughts on them is uh, that's where a lot of this education is going to come from. So the first person I want to start with is probably the um, the most rookie or the rookie. (laughs) But if you were to ask if you were to ask me. As far as the way she looks right now, because obviously anything can happen. She she is she is the future of, of just women wrestling, and I just can't wait to see more of her. And I'm always so excited when she's in the ring. We're talking about 
Bianca Belair. She is just phenomenal, strong, the definition of an athlete. Um, My only, uh, I guess I would say, not gripe, I don't want to use the word gripe. The thing that I've noticed is that she's very, uh, is green the word? Like, it seems almost, I don't know if it's her character. Maybe it's her character and I don't know that because I'm still learning much about her. Uh, But she seems to break character. A little bit like you could tell she's really excited to be where she is but past that i mean absolutely fantastic athlete in the ring what do you think what do you think about about this fine athlete well the break the character part i think is absolutely true and i think that's why they incorporated it into the gimmick they they had to okay well they, they had to turn her like baby. dude we can't get her to stop doing that yeah, we, exactly that they, they said, you know what? Instead of trying to get her to steer away from it, let's just get her hair just... scares me, man. I'm afraid something's going to happen to her. Well, that's what I was hair. actually going to bring up. My first impression, the first time I ever met Bianca Belair was during the Mae Young Classic. And she okay. came out with the hair whip. That was an instant standout. Nobody in that tournament had anything like that. Right. And I remember my wife watching it. And she was like, I like her. Right. Just on that alone, you've got me. Now let's see if she can actually go in the ring and do it. And she wasn't horrible, but she obviously not on the level she's at right now. She's out. Right. She's operating right now on another level. She's 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 really going to be something to look forward to. But she's a cautionary tale for a lot of aspiring performers. See, when this started happening with the guys, it really started to fuck up the industry a little bit. Not in a bad way. I mean, in a good way because it was forcing people to react. Whenever you get a quote unquote real athlete, right? Because she's legit, right? She's a former track athlete, collegiate level, right? She, she's done Olympic stuff. Like, she, she's for real. Not even just track, but just athletics as a whole. She's fantastic, and she's got legit credentials. It's the right. same thing like when Kurt or like when real, uh, real wrestlers or real athletes from other sports come into the wrestling business. They're, they're, they're world-class athletes, so your average Tom, Dick, and Harry who grew up watching wrestling going, you know, I want to be a wrestler too one day, but didn't do any of that stuff, it really starts to cause problems. Mm. I saw it a lot, especially there was a, I forgot what's the name of the show. There used to be some backstage NXT stuff that they used to air on the network. I think we're going to lose that when the Peacock thing happens. But there, there was like this one show where they used to show you kind of what happens behind the scenes. And I remember Jason, you remember Jason Jordan? Remember that name? Light-skinned black dude. He used to be in NXT. He was a collegiate wrestler and almost qualified for the Olympic trials. And his partner, Chad Gable, did qualify. Chad Gable was an Olympian. Uh, And and the two of them were a tag team together. And this is legitimate, real. These are are real credited athletes and wrestlers. And there was a scene, I'll never forget it, where Jason Jordan and Tyler Breeze got into it about something. It was just being really chirpy. And I, Tyler was a singles guy at the time, a little higher on the card than Jason was. And they were going back and forth, and Jason goes, you know, for all this talk that you have about wrestling, I mean, how many wrestling matches have you legitimately won? And, of course, he's referring to the collegiate stuff, right? Like, what school did you go to? You know, like, what, what he was kind of calling him out on his lack of athletic credential, and Tyler Breeze had the perfect comeback because I didn't need to. That's it. I got into this business the other way, the way that it, normally people get into it. You know, right. I went to a pro wrestling school who taught me pro wrestling, and that's how I got here. That's why now I'm probably higher on the card than you are. 
Mm-hmm. But that's my point as far as the differentiation. There's a lot of women who get into wrestling because they were a fan of it, right? right. So they go, okay, I'm, I, I can do the entertainment part. But then when they stand in the ring with an athlete, like a Bianca, right, it starts to cause issues on an ego level because it's like, well, I'm more entertaining than she is, but she's a better athlete than I was. That's where Bianca is right now. She's a fantastic athlete, like you said. She hasn't quite right. figured out the other side yet, but right. that's going to come with, with time. With time. That's I why I wanted her and Sasha at WrestleMania, because Sasha's going to take her ass to fucking school. Hey, Kurt Angle will tell you straight up that he didn't know that stuff right away. He oh, became no, phenomenal no. at it. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget the story he told about the first time he had to let a guy up. So, yep. You got to let him get through his feet. <laughs> why? <laughs> Wait, what? That's the opposite <laughs> of what I've been trained. Well, Kurt said his, <laughs> his biggest issue with wrestling was allowing someone to hit him. He didn't understand the concept. Right, 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 it's right. Like, in a real fight, why would I let a guy hit you? It was like, granted, okay, cool, but here, <laughs> right. we need the confrontation. We need the back and forth. But now is not the conversation for the for the great Kurt Angle. No. Next, I want to talk about uh, a man who I have a lot of respect for these people, man. Those like just kind of like are always on the radar because I don't want to say under the radar, but they're on the radar. <laughs> I even remember, I remember specifically, and I don't know, you'll probably remember this because you're the one who told me about it. There was a, you thought it was hilarious. There was a tweet or a Facebook post or something about, I for, they said, I forgot our truth was even still on the, um, on the roster. And he yeah. tweeted back saying that, the, what was it? The payroll didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Payroll didn't forget. I fucking love this guy, man. He has always been around for a very, very long time, and he is consistent to where he is. He provides entertainment, and I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't know his backstage stuff, so you can fill us in. I don't know if he has any controversy backstage, but this dude, um, every time he's on TV, man, he just he brings laughs and he plays his role very well. And he is a well-deserving, like, he has a well-deserved position on this roster. I'm sure, I'm, I don't, like I said, I don't know his backstage, but if he is giving what he should be giving is being a good teacher back there, but maybe you can elaborate on that. Well, um, no, everyone loves him behind the scenes. Even Vince, Vince, that's like Vince's best friend in the world right now. Right. Uh, but it wasn't always that way. Uh, people, well, I'm sure. People forget Kate Quick was fired. Uh, oh, was way, he? Way back in the day. Yeah, right. He was fired. Um, oh God, I want to say 01, 02, something like that. I think it was 02 he was fired. And Lord and behold, in 2002, we had a brand new promotion called Total Nonstop Action. Right. And, uh, and he jumped on board with them. And because he was a former WWE champion, he was obviously pushed into the main event scene. And uh, he eventually became NWA world champion while he was down there. So he does have right. a world title to his name, which is awesome because uh, he deserves it. He was never going to get it in WWE, but at least he did get it somewhere. So that's cool. Right. Um, the, he did. Listen, <laughs> we live and we learn. Right. So he yeah. he he had a lot of mistakes back then. He didn't take his firing very well. So he As did. A, most people do. Yeah. He did a few not so cool things, so to speak, when it came to WWE. Uh, during his TNA run, okay, uh, but all all is forgiven over time, and now you can see he's become quite the character. I I think earlier in his youth he 
He's another guy. He's only with Shelton Benjamin, to be honest with you. He should have been a world champion a long time ago. It doesn't make sense to do now. So I don't, right. I don't want people going, well, they still got time to. No, no, that's that ship has sailed no. now. But, no. I mean, in, in the beginning when he first came back and he was really contributing to the company and Cena was on board with working with him at the time. And they re- when the little Jimmy thing really started kicking off, they really should have went with that. Right. And um, for whatever reason, they didn't. And, again, they're called, but th- that's what it was. That's how that went down. But, no, he's one of the most respected guys in that entire locker room. Uh, right. And he's, what, early or mid-50s, I think, at this point? And he looks the same. Get the fuck out he of here. He hasn't really? fucking aged, like, at all. And he's in, like, his 50s, bro. Like, it's ridiculous. He's a genetic freak as far as in shape. Yeah. Nah, man, good for him, dude. I, I really really enjoy when he's on screen right now he just cracks me up and uh i was just uh watching i don't was it on raw i don't remember if it was raw uh with him and uh damien priest oh yeah dude had uh, like play with that a little bit that's fun man i like it. i love damien priest i think he's he's gonna be amazing uh and having him having that little uh that fun gimmick thing going on right now it's just it's great it's great to watch definitely but talking about um great gimmicks uh this guy's come a long way i don't know why personally in my brain obviously maybe i just didn't follow too much uh or cared too much you know about like the whatever i don't know if i was watching at the time when he was really kind of like doing his thing i really don't remember but seeing him on tv right now i literally was watching the other day and i'm like man MVP is a great talker, man. When this dude is on the microphone, he is like him and Bobby are great because he gives Bobby the chance to say words or like big I I fight, I smash. Like that's what he comes off to me as. Yeah. And then MVP really just like pushes the dialogue forward and he's very great on the mic. But I, I you can maybe you can fill us in a little bit more about his like his actual wrestling career as well. Uh, as far as the actual wrestling career, I mean, his history has been documented. You know, he he was a wrestling fan as a youth and got arrested and did a few years. And that's when he came out and was like, I'm going to change up the shit that I've been doing and became this big time pro wrestler. Uh, and then uh, the MVP thing started with WWE. I know that the WWE can't harp on it anymore, but one of his influences, and you can tell a little bit by the style, uh, how strong he was as far as his in-ring style, his influences were Benoit. That was his mm. favorite wrestler. So, right. And he got a chance to wrestle Benoit at WrestleMania. So you can talk about dream come true on that one. But that was Go, that going man, from jail to, to wrestling Benoit. You know, that, I, I know it's yeah. a controversial, just even saying his name. Some people are like, oh, you can't say his name. I, I get where you guys are coming from, but we're talking about a man. Regardless, like that's you can't change the past as far as like that's what he saw. And that was his moment. So for any of those listening right now, it's like you shouldn't say the name because I, I saw it happen a few times on a live thing. Just re- relax. It's fine. We're not honoring anybody. We're honoring MVP here. So yeah. please. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to say that. Go ahead. Continue. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So Benoit. <laughs> um, yeah, that was one of his influences. And he he uh, obviously went on to have a very good uh, in-ring career. He also was let go from WWE. A while, about a while, uh, a while ago, he was let go, and right. he he pulled the McIntyre. He was supposed to be back for the reunion thing, bro, and then he just started talking and talking, and 
Now he's doing all kinds of talking every freaking week. Uh, the, the, the blend between wrestler and manager is perfect for him. He shouldn't be a full-time guy anyway. So right. that's, that's perfection. I uh, love him in this role, man. You love MVP in this role? And this role that he has right now. It works, Bob. Yeah, he's a <laughs> hell of a talker. People also sleep on the fact that uh, not a lot of people uh, remember this, but he, he was one of the original IWGP Intercontinental Champions mm. uh, over in New Japan. He helped set that whole thing up. Him and Shinsuke have a history going all the way back to uh, to his Japan days. So, yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a success story from top to bottom, kind of making your own way. He, we said that about a lot of the older guys that came through into the business and they, they made their opportunities for him and blah, blah, blah. Here's a guy doing it in the modern day. You know, he's doing it right now. It's like, well, we'll bring him on for a little bit just to see how it goes. And it goes well because he's still here. <laughs> he's right. still doing this right. thing. Just recently suffered an injury, but he'll get through that. Yeah. But on the topic of MVP, uh, we can't talk about MVP uh, and not talk about Bobby Lashley. And I remember that when I started watching again, I probably brought it up on like a round table or something like that. And I was like, when did this guy become the guy? Like at <laughs> what point did he become the guy? And I feel like they're working with a formula right now that in my opinion, makes it a lot uh, easier for him to become the guy because everything isn't revolved around him. And like I said, it puts MVP in a really good place to like shine where he shines. So it's working really well right now for me. I was watching the other day and I'm like, you know what? I'm sold. I'm sold with him being in this, this, uh, you know, road to the belt and being in these feuds and working around these gimmicks and making these storylines. And I don't know, I'm really enjoying Bobby Lashley like this. Uh, but maybe you can, you know, what what you think about Bobby Lashley right now? Uh, he's a freak. We just said a second about our, about our truth not aging. Right. He looks probably better now than he did in two thousand five. Uh, Vince has always been. Uh, Vince has always loved Lashley. Always. He yeah. Just, when you when, when you say that about Bobby Lashley, that is no like if if he could create. <laughs> His wrestlers, they would all look yeah, like that. They would all look like that. Just Maybe, different, diff, different skin colors. Yeah, but they would assorted, all have the same an friend. assorted skin color group that all look like That's that. That's it, yeah. man. That's it. Bobby, Bobby was youthful back in the day. He had it. He had eyes on on life of grandeur and all this different stuff. And it, it didn't. It just didn't work out the first time around. The question of when did he become the man? That was his time in TNA. When he went to okay. TNA, he was the guy. He literally had every belt, and I'm not making that up. They so he got top-tier experience. Yeah. He he led every broadcast. He was the main event on the pay-per-views. They were able to mix his martial arts, uh, mixed martial arts stuff into his gimmick because he was right. doing the MMA stuff at the time. Can you imagine that dude in MMA, my guy? Yeah, I literally was just saying it as you were saying it. I was like, no one of that stature should have technique. Uh, like, yeah. I'm okay <laughs> with him just having raw power, but if you like show this guy how to actually maneuver and take you down, I'm terrified. Anything yeah. you need, just let me know. I will get it for you. <laughs> I don't want to do anything to piss you off. Yeah, absolutely. So it was definitely listen, it, it was it was he he had a hell of a run in TNA, uh, and when he came here, people were actually a little disappointed on his run. You know, when he was doing the whole thing with Lana 
and then he was just kind of floating around. He was doing that. Once MVP got into the picture, you can kind of you can kind of see the shift. Yeah, like, man, from right I'm telling there. you that it's really I, I I'm not getting that energy from you that you care too much about it. But no, for, know, for La- really like Lashley it. is going to become WWE champion this year. We're we're That's going gonna, we're going to have yeah. our second African American champion this year. I, it seems almost written in the cards. My only is issue is now. is I feel like he's going to get it from the Miz and then get it taken away from Drew. From Drew, yeah, because Drew by Drew Drew got screwed over for his his but That would lead to a complete one on one feud next year with Drew. And Bobby, and I'm not going to lie, I'm ready for it. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a great Between the, the ability of Drew to talk and MVP and Bobby's corner and those two to get, like, I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah. No, yeah, it's going to be a fan. It's going to be a great run. We were talking about some of the other athletes about be, the future or whatever. Bobby's a part of the past, but he looks like he's going to be a big part of the future as well moving forward. So. Well, we're he's getting about his Black time to shine, and then I'm yeah. sure he's going to put over some people, too. He, he's going to put his name in African-American history forever when he wins that WWE championship. Yeah. He'll only, he'll only be the second guy to do it. Yeah. Or third. Dude, I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm I know, excited. Because I know the other guy you got coming up is the other hot topic discussion about that. But yeah. <laughs> we got a couple more, so we'll, 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 we're rolling at a good speed right here. So the next people I want to talk about is going to be, yes, a people. Uh, it is a group, and to be honest with you, I know they all, uh, you know, have had their individual thing. Um, some of them we would wish would just let go and be their own individual. Uh, but at the end of the day, honestly, the number one thing I see about these guys is that something you really don't see a lot of the time, and that's people who just want to be together, man, who fucking refuse to let anybody, even the higher-ups, split them apart. They always find a way to come together and give you that silly, amazing, funny content while also being very consistent and complimentary to each other in the ring. And that is the amazing team called the new day this group has been consistent i have not been a big part of their run i seen them in uh like here and there as i watch i only started watching heavy again when right around the time where they were splitting up so that's where i noticed them like they're not letting anybody like move like take them apart you can always find them together on screen so uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll be able to talk a little bit more on their history. I mean, Kofi is one who who has won the belt. He has had his individual run, but at the same time, it still always feels like Kofi won the belt, but the New Day were champions. You know what I mean? Like, that's the feeling you always get with these guys. Yeah, they're a great tandem. They're the longest reigning tag team champions in the history of the company. Uh, there's an asterisk on that, but they are technically in their own books the longest reigning they also have the most reigns they were obviously right. the most dominant tag team in the history of the company um again asterisk because there's three but right. that is the conversation and when they were their, their their peak i guess you could say is when kofi like you mentioned kofi was the ww champion and they were the tag champs right so they they that's that's outright dominance right there. That, that, that's right. it. That's it. That's for all the world Negro titles that we talked about or the colored women's title. I mean, 
there you are. That's the evolution of it. The WWE champion, the main champion of the whole industry, and mm-hmm. the tag team champions. So that, that that's that's saying something. And, yeah, I was very critical on the show of Kofi's run, and I was very valid in that criticism because it was all true. And we all learned how true it was. You know, that I, I've said it before. Kofi's run as WWE champion was a lifetime achievement award. It's what it was. It's unfortunate, but it's what it was. But it's not to say that it, he didn't deserve it and he didn't do anything right. great with it when he had it, which is. But the same thing about the same thing about I. I'm sorry. The same thing I said about the Miz is a, the same thing I thought about Kofi, right? Like. It's not that he's not an amazing talent. It's not that maybe he couldn't do it or whatever the case, whatever the question might be. I think the problem is, is that the people around him, if you put them all in the room, he stands out as the guy that probably, like if you had to choose who's not going to get the belt, he would be the one to not get it. And the Elimination Chamber kind of pointed that out to me again because in that match, he stood out, even though he's one of the guys in there that's actually held the belt, he stood out as the guy who would not win that match. Like a definite. If you had to choose one definite to me, it would have been Kofi. And it's not because of his skill. It's just the, 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 the stature and the size. I'm going just based off of that of everyone else. He would be the one that I picked who probably wouldn't have won it. Again, that's not a testament to his skill or his ability to do so. It's just something just off of straight visuals. So, yeah, it may have been that way, but I'll tell you what, if there is someone who is very viable to have a long reign, it'd be Bobby. So let's see what happens with there. Uh, well, there's, but, another, yeah, this- there's another New Day guy that I'm going to go ahead and predict will also be WWE champion, and that's Big E. Oh people, my God! I hope people, so, people man. have been waiting to see this guy break. But out. I don't think it's gonna happen because I just feel like Big E doesn't. Uh, am I wrong in feeling like Big E doesn't want to do it? WWE champion, or just like a no, solo won't. run completely he, away from New Day? He wants to do it really badly. The problem is, okay. is the prop. You gave him credit in the beginning of this by saying. They're a group that refuses to let anyone break them up. But the problem, the con to that is that in order to prevent people from breaking up, you've got to stay together. And as Paul Heyman illustrated to him on Talking Smack, remember we talked about how real that show can be. Right. The New Day, as great as the New Day gimmick was and all the success that came with it, it needs to be an asterisk. For you to be great, it's got to be something, just something that you did. It can't be something right. that defines you. As great as it was, being the world champion, being intercontinental champion, being United States champion, those are the things that are going to put you on those all-time lists, not the tag team title runs you had with the New Day. So that's the one con. You're probably feeling like he doesn't really want it because he's not separating himself from the pack. That's, that's right. why the term happens so often. It's a cliche for a reason. The reason why you jump your tag partner, you betray your team, is to give the audience the indication, not only am I not a part of this group anymore, I shun everything this group is about. He hasn't done that. On the pay-per-views, they're still together. So you you could you say that could you say that Kofi's reign as the champ kind of proves that you have to separate yourself? Um Do you think that's part of the reason why his run wasn't as long? I, I don't think they separated the group 
because there was no real intention to make him a single star. Okay. It was a life, like I said, a lifetime achievement award. That's why as soon as it was over, he was back in the team. Because it was something that they did. It was an acknowledgement. This is for all the sacrifices. Thank you. And they gave him a great run. And the match itself at WrestleMania. Still one of my favorite WrestleMania WWE title matches I've ever seen. And I was lucky enough to see that one live. Right. So it it gave him a great run. If Big E wants to attain that on his own, yeah, they got to separate. They have to. You can't. You can't keep this going like this forever. Eventually, you've got to grow away from these things. Hey, or they can pull it off because I don't think they want to. They love being you don't a part have of this to do group, the and I respect though. that. You don't have to do huh? the betrayal because that was the one thing they really well. We're not. We don't want to break up the group in a betrayal angle, right? It's cliche. It's the same thing everyone does. Fine. Then amicably break the group up. If you want to do it amicably, if you want to go out on a limb and say, "Yeah, look, listen, we want. We all have our own goals." We all have our own agenda, just like when they got together. That's how they got together. They all had a common interest, so there's a reason for us to be together. Now right. it's been eight years. Now you can have the same exact meeting on Raw or SmackDown and just say, yeah, you know, we got together for X. We accomplished X. Now we got to do our own thing and separate. Right. Well, like I said, they're a great group, and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, but real quick, let's go. We got we got like a couple more people we can go over real quick. Uh, the last three, and again, if there's anybody we missed that you love, uh, just know that just know that they're a part of this list. Uh, but the next person I want to talk about real quick is Sasha Banks. Now I don't know much about Sasha's run. Uh, unfortunately, I don't. I stopped watching when she came around and started, uh, you know, having her run and starting to develop and becoming champion, all that good stuff. Uh, but I have watched her recently. I, I really like what she is, what she's been doing and her reign as the champion thus far. Uh, what are your thoughts on Sasha? Uh, as it stands right now, the most accomplished African-American women's wrestler of all time. Yeah. Uh, she's she's going to go down as the GOAT until yeah. – until Bianca or somebody else proves they could do it as well for as long as she's done it. Right. Uh, that's she's gonna be she's gonna be the holder of that for quite a while, I think, actually, because I don't know how many African American women are gonna get the opportunities that Sasha has gotten. Right. For everything that we love about Bianca, it could be here today and gone tomorrow. We yeah. don't know. We don't see yeah. that based on her ability. But if there's one thing that separates the athleticism and what looks to be greatness of Bianca is that Sasha has proven it. Yeah. And uh, she's continuing to time again. Right. Uh, My biggest criticism of Sasha Banks throughout the years was her frame. I was never a fan of her frame. You didn't think she'd be able to hold up. I didn't think she'd be able to last. Yeah, exactly. I didn't think she'd be able to last. I didn't. First of all, her size alone is a detriment in her everyday matches because when she bumps, you can't hear it. Right. You, she's just tiny. She's the smallest thing in the world. And I know people are going to sit there and say, well, did you feel the same way about Bliss? Yes. But I actually think Yeah, Sasha, you're on record saying that. Though. Yeah, I, I felt the same way about Bliss. I didn't think she'd get over because of that fucking size. That, that It's not a, a sexist thing. Women are just... These women are fucking tiny. And in an athletic contest, yeah. it's not. Look. I was gonna. My knee jerk to that was gonna be like, women are just built small. And then when you think about some of the women in there today, yeah, exactly. Nah, that ain't that, the that truth. Ain't the, my <laughs> hole over here is is the biggest woman that got. So, but yeah, just with the level of expertise, in order for you to succeed at this level, uh, with her size and her frame, 
you you've got to know your shit. Uh, right. you you've got to be a, a worker. I mean, just an outrageous way. She gets credit from the guys, where it's just like her ability to work, her ability to know where she's supposed to be, when she's supposed to be there, to the point where she's telling you where you need to be for your shit. You know, she's she's outstanding. To this day, and I've said it on the show, the greatest or one of the greatest, top five for sure. What are the greatest matches I've ever seen in person? Was her and Bailey at the first takeover in Brooklyn? Mm. I walked away from that event going, I may have just seen one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Damn. And that's the two of them. And I didn't mention sex. I just said one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my entire life. Period. Right. And that's when I got on the on the Sasha Banks train after that event. Because yeah. I was like, I, I just don't. You're see a it. very big Sasha critic. Yeah, I'm very big. Remember, I was it the one that said. It can come off as is. Yeah, I, I don't see. think I don't think that's the truth, but it can come off to some people who are just a little less educated. As you, you're not a big fan of her, but I think yeah. that to be the opposite. I said it for Helena Cell. Remember, uh, she's mm-hmm. got a habit of finding special ways to lose these fucking matches. She's yeah. very unique at that. And then she had proved me wrong, and she won the match, and she's still champion to this day. Which yep. is was just a, a break from the norm because she normally gets fucked over and then we have to kind of deal with the fallout. But she's finally being pushed right now as the star that she's kind of always been. And now she's finally getting the run. And I just gave her credit a second ago because if there's anybody on this roster that can prepare Bianca for what they want her to be, it's Sasha. Yeah. I don't like Bianca and Asuka. You're going to get a good match out of that, but I don't feel like Bianca can really learn from Asuka the way that she can from Sasha. Sasha I think Asuka would be more of like a nice final boss when she's more refined. Yeah, Sasha, Sasha is going to teach her the ways, okay, because Sasha knows. She's been brought up by the best. She knows how this goes. She knows how to carry her. And Bianca's got a body that's going to hold up. Right. That's the, that's the body type that you want in wrestling when you're a female. Sasha has the opposite of that. So she's getting by on her guile and her experience and her technique. All things she can teach Bianca. Like mm-hmm. you said, the whole deer on ice thing for Bianca. Sometimes she comes off as green because her timing is off or whatever, whatever, whatever. Sasha's going to polish that. Right. Sasha's going to fix that in a big way. Yep. Yep. And, and yep. that's why they need to have that particular matchup. But if you're talking solely based on Black History Month tribute, okay, where does she land? She's in that GOAT conversation. She sits right. at the big table. And she's going to be sitting there. You can put her next to Ron, and you can put her next to Mark. And you, all those names that we mentioned earlier that first week with these big, big. As a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, when we were off the air, you told me Sasha was actually going to be a part of that. Sasha came up when we were like, but we're going to save the newer ones for later. If it wasn't, if we weren't going in chronological order, Sasha Banks would have been named in the first week because right. she's so influential and she's so important to the cause. You know, we gave right. Jacqueline a, a push. We gave Jazz a push. Those two paved the way. Sasha kicked the fucking door in. Yeah, I don't think it was so much chronological. More so, like, I wanted to end the month with our future. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that kind of is the same thing. But, yeah, that's kind of just how it worked out. But, um, yeah, so the the next one here is going to be Booker T. I mean, I'm not what even going to try. Huh? <laughs> it's like, what can you – what? What can you possibly uh, say uh, about Booker T that hasn't already been drained? I don't know, man. I was like, I was like, dude, for this one, I don't even just like, I don't want to even try to mess up this man's greatness, man. He's been in so many well, you different know, wrestling you federations. You know this one, though. You don't need me 
to educate you on the ways of Booker T. You've seen it. You you took the ride. I've seen a lot. A lot of a lot of the early greatness was in my youthfulness when you were watching some WCW and then the the, the WWE and all that good stuff, man. Yeah. But whew, he's a big part. He had so many different gimmicks, and he's just always found found his way at the top of the food chain, man. And is always always um found a way to to excel and make sure that he was always in the top conversations what do you got for booker t all right look there's nothing really much i can throw at people that don't already know <laughs> obviously they know about the five-time wcw champion thing he's a, actually a six-time world champion because uh, he won the world title in the wwe mm -hmm. uh, he's been a bajillion a bajillion time tag team champion bajillion time television bajillion time united states bajillion time everything uh, King of the Ring. I mean, he Booker T's done it all, yeah. and all all of the sacrifices. Right? We talked about all those sacrifices Holy that a lot crap. of these African American wrestlers have made in the past. Um, they made those sacrifices for this to give a guy like Booker T an opportunity to succeed on this level, and he he took uh, he took full Damn. advantage of that. Ten. 10-time WCW Tag Team yeah. Champion with Stevie Ten Ray. Yeah, with Harlem Heat. 10-time, 6-time television champion. Uh, four yes. times. And this is, the, this is like mid-list, by the way. Yeah. He's got another page. Yeah, he's, got a, he's, <laughs> he's won everything there is to win. This he's dude. been on the big stage. He's, he's, a main, he's been a main event match at WrestleMania. He probably feels naked without a belt. <laughs> you know what's funny? If you listen to him, he, he hated wearing them. They were <laughs> they were cumbersome. No, he because he used to win them all the time. So he's like, when yeah. you win these, you got to travel with these shits, and they're a pain in the ass to fucking travel with. Especially there were a couple times where he had uh, multiple belts at the same time. TNA when he went to TNA, they made a belt for him. He was the first ever TNA Legends Champion, oh which God. would eventually become the the television champion for TNA. He made yeah. his own belt, and then he changed gimmicks, and he's just one of the greatest of all time. He's in the GOAT conversation also. I mean, Absolutely. a lot of these guys are. He's a two-time Hall of Famer as a singles and a tag. Like, come on. Like, right. a singles and a tag, folks. Right. What more can well, be said? Booker, Booker T was definitely one of those guys where uh, when I was younger, I would I didn't know too much. Like, I know what – I saw the things, but it didn't. It doesn't process in my brain right. as a youth. But if there's one person in wrestling, because you had a lot of those standout people, like when you see them, you knew they were like, oh, I know that guy. Right. Like, I know he's a big deal. I couldn't read you his accolades. I just know he's a big deal. And Booker T was definitely one of those guys where I saw on TV and in my brain have no recollection of his history at all, but see him and go, oh, yeah, that's Booker T. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just, he just, aside from his accolades, you just look at him and you can just see greatness. Yeah. And it wasn't just his accolades. I know we're listing a lot of his accomplishments, but folks, if you have the network, go to any random Nitro and he, he would be the television champion and the television champion defends his title on every TV. That's the point. He worked. And he was wrestling Raven. He His was mileage is He high. was wrestling Raven. He was wrestling DDP. He was wrestling cruiserweights. He was wrestling heavyweights. He was wrestling everybody. And he Great. was having bangers with all of them. This was a dude, what is he, 6'5", almost 300 pounds. He's doing a He's flipping a big leg man. drop from the top. <laughs> He's a big man. He's doing the flipping leg drop from the top. He's like... 
I'm looking at an image of him. I'm, I'm assuming that is the oh man, it's a it's a TNA, it's a TNA uh, shorts on. He he dead ass looks like Triple H when Triple H was like at his biggest. Are they like the same size? Very similar. Literally, size, yes, dude. Their stature and everything. But he's man. a better it's athlete, like, and that's saying something because Triple H is no slouch. But he was a better athlete. No. Booker T T had an athletic ability the likes of which I've never seen for a man that fucking size. As heavy and as as heavy and as dense. Just pure outright muscle. Mass. Just mass. But he moved. He wasn't cardboard. He would leapfrog and drop down and he would he would just do sequences with power and precision. This is the guy who became famous for a best of seven series with Chris Benoit. Right. I mean, that's seven matches with Benoit, and they were all bangers. And then he'd wrestle Raven in an ODQ match, and it would be a banger. And he'd wrestle Ray Mysterio for no reason. This little dude just for the TV title, and it would be a banger. And he was just un- for a while there. He right. was untouchable. He was just an uh, an unbelievable be- about machine. He w- it would just be all all classics every week. He'd give you another classic. Right, untouched. Amazing. Well, we'll finish it off here with, with the guy. what might might actually be kind of controversial, I guess, depending if you're a weirdo not or not. Not on, <laughs> not on this show it isn't, but go ahead. I'm but, late for uh, class, so let's yeah, move this along. The man who, who is African-American, oh, he yeah. is very much There's a so whole television show dedicated to this shit. For whatever reason. Say that? There's a whole television show now dedicated to this shit, but go ahead. Listen, man. And I'm going to acknowledge it. I'm not. Uh, of listen, course. From, have per, to. from people like you and I who are multicultured, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yes. We understand that because you are <laughs> a mix of something, it does not mean that you are not of those things. Right. Yeah. So this man is 50 50. He's more than we are. Yeah. He's <laughs> that's got more. Sure. Than that's why I was uh, questioning my, avail- my eligibility for this list. Right. But. but because he does speak very highly of his uh, – or not highly. Let me rephrase that because that's the wrong – because he is more known for being Hawaiian or Samoan, mm-hmm. uh, they don't – a lot of people, I guess, don't look at him as an African-American wrestler. But yeah. he is very much that guy. So you beating around the public- bush. Clay, say, acknowledge <laughs> this man. You know who I'm talking acknowledge about. Acknowledge this the, man. Say his the name. Rock, the Rain, The Rock Johnson. Thank you. He's going to be the last guy that we talk about. And today. it's the last guy we should be fucking talking about <laughs> because he is the most successful African-American professional wrestler of all fucking time. If you're listening yes. to this and you are a black man and you're going to sit there and tell me, well, he never claimed us because that's the one that I always hear. He never claims yeah. us. He always claims the Samoan side. He never claims the African-American side. Bullshit. Bullshit. Because right. the man debuted. Okay, right. He had a little bit of Didn't a... Didn't he have an debut. African-American gimmick? He was in the Nation of Domination. Well, no, before that. No. Or was that, that, was that was the one I'm thinking happy... of? Where he would wear like the hat and stuff. It was the Nation. Yes. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That's it what was the Nation. Yes. You know how he got okay. into the Nation is because he's fucking black. <laughs> you can't be in that yeah, group if you're not. That. And that's a he was getting an endorsement from the first black heavyweight champion of the world, by the way. He's yeah. he's black. His dad yes. was the first African American tag team champion, which you uh which you brought up a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Okay? He is a black man. If you're listening to this and you say, Well, he doesn't claim us, I'm not gonna claim him. You, 
I'm going to say this again. This is the last time I'm going to say it because I'm repetitive when it comes to this. You don't get to pick and choose who claims what. Right. You sitting here saying, I don't consider him black, does not in any way diminish his actual blackness. Right, right, right. You do not need to accept him into the group or into the tribe for him to be a part of the fucking group or the tribe. Yep. It just it is what it is. It's a DNA thing. He comes from an African American background. Period. End of discussion. Mm-hmm. Joe from Idaho can't argue the point. There's no argument to be had. Right. Well, in my opinion, I don't give a fuck about your opinion. We're talking about the facts. Facts. And right. the DNA says he is of an African American home. He's fifty fifty. Yes. Now I so. will give them some credit in the sense of they are right that he always kind of pushed the Samoan thing more than he push the black thing but we just had our first african-american world champion pure blood whatever you want to decide it with kofi kingston a few years ago right so do you blame the guy for saying well they've had a samoan world champion before but they've never had a black champion before i wonder who i should push for my gimmick duh of course he's going to push the samoan heritage because that's the side that vince loves Right. Gotta play the game. Vince Vince is kind of iffy on black people, let's be honest, right? But the Samoans, oh my God. He loves the fucking Samoans. Always has protected them. Always loved them. So of course, of course, Rock's gonna walk in the door. Hey, brother, Us. What's up, Uso? Yeah, of course he is. <laughs> Just of feed into the is. gimmick. <laughs> the, the whole time Kofi was being pushed. I'm trying to, to get a job here. Yeah, word, exactly. The whole time Kofi was being pushed, right? They did not divulge into the whole, you know, and they, I mean the WWE. It wasn't something they promoted, that he's going to right. be the first black world champion. But right. when he became the champion, they did everything in their power to push the fact that he was because they sent him to Ghana, which is where he's from, and he brought the belt, and they made sure they had footage, and look, the black people are accepting him. They made sure, and even though they never said the words on camera, that the internet was talking about it and they wanted to satisfy that niche. So they did right. that. With The Rock, it was never mentioned after the nation that he was a black man. Right. He was just, in their eyes, a top star and a WWE champion. That's it. And right. that's all you can ask for. That's fine. But because The Rock never went out there with an afro wearing beads and reading a Nelson Mandela book, all right. of a sudden he's not a black guy. Because the television show did not promote the fact he was a black guy. Because Vince McMahon didn't come out there and, and, and say, uh, and here's my nigga, The Rock. And it, because he didn't do any of this shit, he's not black. This is bullshit. Although Vince is on record. Yes, that's oh, why. John that's, Cena, well, that's, his that's, nigga. that's why I said it the way that I said it. Yes, indeed. He is on record with Cena, but he didn't do it with The Rock, okay? But that's, oh that's it doesn't make sense to me to shun your most successful athlete. I always, It never made sense to me. He's the one who has succeeded the most. Why would you not count him in? Right. Because without him, you've got nothing. Up until Kofi Kingston, you know, Mark Henry and Booker T had won the world titles, but they'd never been WWE champion, which, let's face it, is still the belt. And right. when Kofi did it, that was great. But The Rock had been there seven goddamn times. Why would you not want that a part of your Rolodex? Why would, you know, the Latinos are going to take the Eddie Guerrero run. You know, they're going to take the Mysterio run. Yeah. Oh, Ray Mysterio would have never been world champion if Eddie hadn't died. Okay, but he did become WO champion, and the Mexican community accepted it immediately. 
Right. It's happened on a number of occasions, actually, when it comes to ethnicities. They very rarely ever win the big one. So when it happens, you know, Sheamus, first Irish-born world champion. Drew McIntyre, I believe, is the first uh, Scotsman to win the WWE championship. Those were all advocated for. The WWE right. took the time to be like, yeah, this is this is history. This is a da-da-da-da. So because the WWE did not tell you to be happy about it, that means you shouldn't be happy about it. Right. This is the only community I've seen take their top superstar and say, we don't claim him. I don't understand it. It doesn't. It never made sense to me. But that's why here, I'm glad you included it on the last part here because, yeah, he should be celebrated. He's one of the greatest African-American performers forget wrestlers now because he's transcended that too yeah and And he's gonna be uh he's gonna be president soon so oh yeah according to his television show 2032 watch out (laughs) he's gonna Um, be president if he gets up there on a ballot i promise this guy has become so (laughs) successful he can just walk into franchises and just take it from you i could have sworn fast and the furious belonged to vin diesel and the rock just said no i'll have it i'll take that Ages. Oh, I like I like this. I, this is mine now. Yeah, this is really fun, and it makes a lot of money. This is mine now. And then he just does whatever he wants. He could play yeah. the character he wants. I, I want to be Hercules. Well, you're a little duck. I said, I want to be Hercules. I was like, all right. Well, yeah. I guess Asi- aside, aside from whatever yeah. silly He's be Black Adam now. this it man's like, greatness oh. is completely and utterly untouched. like untouched. undeniable. Untouched. You, you cannot, like, he can walk into the ring right now and the place will explode. So, this dude is well-loved. He's got the accolades to prove it. And even to this day, he is still just... Whatever he does, he kills it. Everything. Everything. Every single thing. The WWE champion. Now, when we start talking Samoans, just to fuck with you people, I'm going to bring him back up again. (laughs) The greatest greatest Samoan wrestler of all time (laughs) is The Rock. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. That that closes out the uh, Black History Month for February. I thought that go. was pretty cool. We committed well to the bit. We committed finished it. All the way through. We uh, well, I learned a lot. You reminisce, and I'm sure there are people out there who learned and or reminisced as well. So, yeah, yeah that was dope. Black History Month is in the books. I'm late for my class, so we got to get going. So anyway, folks, next week we're doing the AEW Roundtable. We're live. We live, baby. We're live. We're going to do it live next week. Uh, what the fuck was the date that I put on that? Uh, the 6th, March 6th. There it is. Because the uh, revolution is the next day, 7th. Uh, we're going to go all over the card. We're going to talk about some AEW stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit about Big Show here, but from what I understand, I think he may be a part of that as a commentator as well. Get his feet wet. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk all about AEW next week. I've never done a whole show where it's just been about them. So they will be in the driver's seat next week. After that, apparently, we're going to be shitting on indie fans. Apparently, we, 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 we're going to make a list. So if you're listening to the show and you're an independent wrestling fan and you don't want your heart broken, uh, stay off the internet next in, in two weeks because uh, we're going to start roasting you people like nuts. That's what's going to happen there. So let me pull this in here. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for downloading. And of course, of course. Thank you guys for enjoying episode 179, Black History Month in the books. 100 episodes, now pay him. And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at prowrestlingtees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best, so I don't know.